Blog Talk Radio. of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head huntress, and this is our first full episode of the season. We premiered uh, a couple weeks ago and did our best of films of 2022, but now we're into actually uh, podcast mode where we talk about bullshit and we actually have awesome guests who talk about things that uh, matter. So, that's awesome. And um, first, let me welcome our sexy witches. We have a full plate tonight, ladies and gentle witches out there. Uh, from the Los Angeles, Orange County area is my sexy warlock of Orange County, my partner in crime and conventioning, and also general amusement park and Disney geek. Please welcome to the show. Yeah. Because Aaron Kogan, how are you doing, sir? Welcome back to the Sexy Witches. Hey, hey, hey. How goes it, everyone? How goes it? Uh, you know, it's been a couple weeks, and we have a lot to talk about. Indeed. Oh, my gosh, do we have a lot to talk about. Um, and, um, well, I think my guest is already on, but I don't have any other Sexy Witches. So, is my guest on? <laughs> Hey, how you doing? Oh, excellent. So let me introduce my guest for tonight for the first half hour or so, or as long as she really wants to, because uh, we can speak geek all fucking day. We have, actually. She is is one of the the contestants of my Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness and always does well every year. She has her own podcast, The Horror Happenings with the Dead Girl, out of Orlando, Florida, here at Spooky Empire or at the local amusement park, please welcome to the show, Erica Andres. Everyone, welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having me on tonight. Thank you. I am so happy to have you on tonight. Uh, and you are here to talk about something very specific, but um, before we get into it, um, I wanted to acknowledge uh, we had some major passings in geekery land out there that yeah. need to be addressed. Um, first of all, one is Lisa Loring, uh, who played Wednesday, the original Wednesday Adams, who I, I've got yeah. the pleasure to meet um, once upon a time. And I believe, Erica, you might have actually met her too, right? 
I don't think I actually did. I know she attended a few events that I've been at, and I didn't get a chance to chat with her, so that's definitely a big regret that I have. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And we're, and we're very sad to hear about her passing. Um, she was more than just Wednesday Adams. She was also a producer and a script doctor um, and had a, a small sex and little career in her early 20s. So, uh, you know, she was, you know, very, very prolific woman. And um, one of my favorite photos I have is of Lisa Lauren and my evil genius dressed as Wednesday Adams sitting at um, Chiller Convention. So I was real. I posted that on my slideshow. So you can see that. So um, I wanted to make sure we gave a shout out to Lisa Loring. Um, We just found out that Raquel Welch died today at 82 years old. I am actually just finished watching uh, Fantastic Voyage right before air. Uh, So, Uh you know, because that and 3,000 Years B.C. made her famous, you know, the tight cleavage outfit. Uh, you know, talk about it's interesting because uh, I was talking with Nathan about this, and even though she was even in an X-rated movie, uh, she never did a nude scene. Yet she was one of the most beautiful, hottest sex symbols of her time. So it just shows, and she shares a birthday with me, which I think is awesome. Ooh, so you know, so she's yeah, so and she's so fellow Virgo, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then of course. I mean, dude, it's already it's only been February and we've been already talking about this kind of stuff. It's just dropping like it makes me sad. Um, but you yeah. know, at least all these people were older people. You know, it wasn't like Dave Briscoe yeah. dying suddenly in a car accident a couple weeks ago, which was terrible. Uh but the reason why I played the theme to the blog was because of Burke Bacharach, who also passed, and he was actually yeah. a member of the five blobs and wrote the theme to the blob. And the blob theme is one of my favorite like theme th- songs ever. It's actually my ringtone. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, but, then, but he also, uh, you know, it's not just that. He also, like, his work with Dionne Warwick and Aretha Franklin cannot be compared. I mean, there's just really, yeah. there's just, there's, you can't touch that. So, Amen. Oh, and um, Nathan, Nathan, I don't, I don't see your phone. You might want to try calling again. I don't hear you at all. Um, but he also wanted Nathan. to make sure. Oh yeah, um, legendary le- wrestling promoter Jerry Jarrett also passed away recently. I remember hearing about him passing too. Oh. Um, so it's it was a lot happened in the last two weeks. Um, Nathan, I, I can't hear you. Why don't you try to hang up and call back? So I don't know what's going on with this. Hold on. Uh, wouldn't be blog talk without some kind of issue with the sound, Erica. It's always an issue. Oh, my God. Um, or haunted. Nathan, call back in. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think he's in. Hold on. I think he's in. All testing, right. Testing, testing. Atlanta, Georgia. My voice of violence, my dirty southern sorcerer, my son of celluloid, Nathan Hamilton. <laughs> Welcome to the Sexy Witches. Hello, ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, everything in between. I think you've mentioned really a plate full of sexy witches. That sounds sounds dirty. Kind of <laughs> like it. Oh, delicious. Yeah. You know, so, so um, 
Erica, meet Nathan and and Aaron. Um, Nathan, you probably know from the madness. From the madness, yep. Judges, yeah. And Aaron, and Aaron's also been a judge and a contestant on the madness. So we're all. Uh, in October, we're always talking movies, and I mean, we're talking movies oh, yeah. year-round, but we're really talking movies in October. We're all mad so, Yeah, and that's because we all <laughs> love Halloween. We all love Halloween. Yep. And um, so, but Erica, she's made it into a living, uh, and um, <laughs> she got on a plane at the beginning of February and flew to St. Louis, Missouri, and was a vendor at the Trans World Halloween Attractions Show, um, which is one of the biggest uh, trade shows for Halloween in the in the world, I think. Um, right and, on. And uh, so. I wanted you, Erica. I, wanted, I heard while I was in Louisiana and I saw you were there. I was like, oh my gosh, we gotta like merge our worlds and talk about this stuff right. together. So, uh, so why don't you talk about first of all, of course, plug your stuff. We are, we're we're always about plugging your stuff, but um, talk talk about what um, Trans World's like and not just bending, but what happens there. You know, and and your experience in this year and review this year's show. Go for it. The, 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 the stage is and the mic is yours, ma'am. <laughs> so Transworld is, this is um, my first year attending, actually. My husband and I had planned to just attend the event originally. We're big haunt people. My husband and I have both worked at haunts. We run a home haunt, and we initially wanted to attend to kind of purchase some things for the season um, because it's, as you said, you know, the largest Halloween attractions trade show, like, that I know of. It's huge. So as we're getting ready to gear up and head out, we were hit up by um, a good friend of ours, special effects makeup artist, Michael Davey, who needed help warning his booth. So we needed some more manpower. So we ended up working the show. So we got to see it from a different perspective, which was phenomenal. It's definitely unlike any other show that we've attended. Like we're used to attending conventions like, you know, Spooky Empire and Days of the Dead, just to name a couple where there's celebrities and you do your meet and greets and, you know, you get your autographs and they have like panels and all kinds of things going on. And this is something that's totally different. Um, They had makeup demos going all weekend on a stage, which was awesome. My husband actually got to get up on stage and do a demo, so that was really rad for being, you know, our first time there and him able to get up there and work on a demo um, with our friend Mike Zavi, and that was just really cool to experience and watch and the crowds just to see their reactions to the products and everything was really cool. But it's, it's like a haunter's dream, there's things there that, like, I I need in my house that won't fit in my house, but I need them. Like, they sold, <laughs> they brought, like, whole sets there. They had, like, facades for some haunts there that you could buy. They had sliding panels that you could purchase, um, costumings for characters oh, wow. that you could, you know, create, um, all different kinds of props, all different types of like masks from some of the big mask companies um, like CFX who do some really just badass pieces. And it, it's truly just almost awe-inspiring to walk through to see all of the things that we love and to be able to, you know, make those purchases. 
on some of that stuff. And it was just, it was so cool, man. Again, they have um, seminars that happen. So it's a great way to aid network and to be kind of hone your skills if you're in the haunt industry because they've got like mold making classes. They have um, theming seminars where they talk about how to develop your theme and to carry it through from start to finish. They talk about sound and lighting, like all the things that you don't really think of that go into a haunt, like they have seminars for, wow. which was which was really, really cool to to be able to see those things. And Transworld's a little different, so like their seminars, their classes, they have like some after-hours events. All of that is a separate ticket. So it's not included with your admission into Transworld. So that was something that we were not used to because like the conventions that we're used to attending are just that. They're conventions. They're not like trade shows, right? So like your panels and your all that stuff is free and included. We're this wasn't. They had a lot of guests come in from like, you know, people from Halloween Horror Nights were there um, talking about some of their tips and tricks of the trade, which was really cool. We were actually on the flight with them when we left Fort Lauderdale to go to or Orlando to go to St. Louis, which was funny in itself. Um, but it was just, I don't know how else to describe it other than a haunter's dream. It really was a cool thing to be able to kind of walk through and then to work like we've met people from haunts from literally all over the United States and Canada. There were people from Canada that came down that were looking for stuff and um, we were talking to them about the product that we were selling which is a latex alternative. It's called watermelon. It's a polyvinyl plastic so folks have latex allergies. This is a great product for them because they can do those gnarly and nasty wounds and you can do anything with it that you can do with latex, which is amazing. So we got to kind of share that knowledge and kind of show some of these haunters that look, if you have a latex allergy, you can still have this nasty gash on your forehead and not have to worry about any type of reaction, which was really cool and amazing that a lot of these folks didn't know that there was an alternative for it because latex has been like, the staple and been around forever. So it was it yeah. was cool to kind of sit on that side of the booth and just kind of talk to folks about that product and kind of educate them. And of course, you know, make some sales, which is what it's about, <laughs> really. Um, but we got to chat with people from like 13th Gate. Um, we saw a lot of our local Orlando haunters and South Florida haunters, which was awesome. Our friends from like Sir Henry's Haunted Trail and stuff like that. So I mean, it was just, it was such a cool thing to be a part of and it's definitely something that I would love to go back and to do again but it's definitely not like it's not a convention in the sense of what I think everybody's used to and a lot of people think that it's a convention and it's really not it's its own it's its own beast really so um what was the highlight for you though like of all the things you did what was the one that stood out the most all right. Um, <laughs> I love Midnight Syndicate. They're one of my favorite musical artists. Um, Ed and Gavin are the sweetest guys. I actually had um, them both on my podcast last year, and we chatted with them and got to know them. And they they always get a booth at Transworld, and they do a live show at Cedar Point for Halloween. And we were nice. me and my husband were like at the bar getting a drink. And there's this guy sitting next to us, and me and the husband are chatting, and he kind of turns around, and it was Ed. 
from Midnight Syndicate, and he's just like, hey, so we sat at the bar and we chatted with him for a good while just about life in general and kind of the get-to-know-you chit-chat, which was such a cool experience because I, I listened to them when I was in high school, like when I started my young gothy phase of writing things in my journal and poetry and all the things that you do as a baby goth. So it was such nice. a cool experience to get to chat with them on a personal level outside of work, I guess. Netherworld uses a lot of their music. Yes. Netherworld uses them. Um, we use them. I know Sir Henry's uses them. Like there's a like pretty much any haunt that I've been to uses them because they're just their sounds are so unique and they seem all of their albums, so they have like they have this really rad circus album. They have a really cool Christmas album that's haunting and beautiful. So, like, they're very well known in that community as well as, you know, the goth community, too. And it's it's so funny to talk to people that are familiar with their music and they geek out. They're like, oh, you got to talk to them. And I'm like, it was amazing. But if I tell my coworkers, they have no idea who I'm talking about. And I'm just like, I just seem like an overexcited, you know, person. It's 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 so funny. But that was definitely... A huge highlight, I think, for us was just to get down and and just to kind of chit-chat. And that was the fun thing. Like, we stayed at the Marriott, which is across the street from the convention center. And that's kind of where after, like, the after-hours events were done and people wanted to kind of congregate and have some drinks and chill out, like, that's kind of where everybody flocked to. So it was kind of nice. You got to just kind of chit-chat with everybody from, like, fellow vendors to haunters to, like, the – you could tell, like, you know, you got your bigwig corporates that showed up in, like, nice dress shirts and dress pants, and you're like, you don't look like haunter people. And they totally huh. – that was their bag. So it was so cool just to see the different the different styles of, you know, people that are into it. It was just very eye-opening and, and very cool. Awesome. And so uh, if you go back next year, are you going to do it as a vendor again, or are you going to go as a, just a civilian? We were invited um, to go back as to assist with funding again, which, I mean, it was fun. I would definitely do it again. Um, I would want a little bit more walkabout time because they also – so Transworld is like this big Halloween thing, right? But also they have like a whole Christmas section to the show. Oh, really? That I didn't even – oh, yeah, it's it's like all the big blow-ups. They had this giant Christmas tree, and you could actually go inside of it, and it was a bar. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were, like, giving away drinks to folks. So, I mean, there were so many other things that we just – we didn't get a chance to see because, you know, we were at the booth, and it was such a great experience. I just – I would want a little bit more time away from the booth so that we could explore – the other sections of the event because there was just so much. And I felt like, like I did some videos, I've got them up on YouTube and I was like chicken with my head cut off all over the place just because I had the limited time to see things. So I was literally like in before the show opened, doing a walkabout, did a couple of minutes walking around while the show was open and then back at the booth. So it was just, it was very hectic, but in, my favorite kind of way because I love I love that kind of chaos. I love being in the middle of that kind of chaos. Well, sounds like a lot of fun. And um, you're always doing stuff. Do you have anything else up the pipe very soon? Um, 
this weekend, a friend of ours, Jackie Sonnenberg, actually has a book signing. She's a horror author um, here locally in Orlando at one of our oddity shops called Prometheus Esoterica, which we're pretty much at every weekend because they just have all the things that you could imagine. Like we've, I think we're on our second human skull that we're buying from them. Um, so she, she has their book signing. So we're going to, we'll be there for her book signing to support her and to just kind of be there. Um, other than that, I think that's all I've got going on. Um, I'm not going to start my podcast up again until probably May. I'm on a little bit of a hiatus from doing my live shows personally right now. So just if they wanted to listen to back episodes, where could they find the podcast? Ah, so everything is on YouTube. So uh-huh. it's you just go to YouTube, type in the longest name you've ever heard in your life, which is Horror Happenings <laughs> with the Dead Girl. <laughs> and it's got um, their back episodes from my podcast and all of my interviews with all the different folks that I've had on and talked to. And those are usually about an hour. And then I've also got videos from, like, different haunts that I've done. Some of them let us film while we're inside. Some of them <laughs> have us do, like, the scare cam, which is cool. Um, just different spooky events and shops and things like that around Orlando. So that's all. And in other areas too, like we've gone to New Orleans, which I was so excited to hear that you guys were going that I was like, you're going to love it. (laughs) Outstanding. Um, And yeah, I was going to say, and you want to please stay on for this segment. So we have some knowledgeable people to talk about this because there's a lot to talk about in New Orleans. There's so much to talk about with New Orleans. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, I don't even know where you start. <laughs> um, you know, well, we start at the beginning. When we get to the end, we stop. You know, so. Um, that so, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where I got that from. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, I've been to Mardi Gras twice. Uh, and both times I went, um, Levy was two and my daughter, my evil genius was two and a half years old. The first time when I walked them down Lundy Grawl afternoon on Bourbon street, I didn't care as long as it was during the day, you know, not so bad. Uh, it was still crazy though. Uh, but we did mostly, um, most of the parades in the Metairie that time because they're more family friendly. Uh, second time we did, uh, they were a little bit older. They were four. So we were able to do some of the bigger events like Rex and Zulu, and we went to Edimon, you know, some of the bigger parades. This year, though, but I never got to do the one parade that I've always wanted to do. And the reason is it's two weeks out from Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras actually mm-hmm. this year is the 21st, so next week. Next week. Um, and uh, I've never been able to go. You know, it's just the timing was always off. So, um the the Nathan is uh, Hamilton's birthday is the second. We even before we were like thinking about you know dating maybe. Um, <laughs> we've always <laughs> celebrated his birthday. We you know Days of the Dead or whatever. So but this year I decided we were gonna go to New Orleans because his birthday coincided with the intergalactic crew of Chewbacca's parade. Uh, so. So I was like, fuck it, we're going to do it. I found this cute-ass Airbnb in the Bywater for 60 bucks a night. Oh, my yeah. God. The cleaning fee was a wow. little high, but, you know, it still ended up being a really good deal. It was like 800 for the week, which is nothing. And the place was dope, too. 
place was totally dope. We, uh, my good friend Kim Watts, who also has been a member of the Madness, and we, we were roommates. We worked together in the Park Service. We go way back, like 20 years, decided to come with us, and she joined us in Georgia, and we all drove down to Louisiana. And um, the Bywater is a very unsung neighborhood of NOLA. Um, it, you know, everyone knows the quarter, everyone, uh, but on you know, on the other side, you got the uptown, downtown, Garden District, and all that. Everyone knows about that. Everyone goes visits there. Uh, we were in the Bywater Marnie area, uh, which is kind of cool. Did you get to go and explore that area when you were here, Erica? I did not. We were in um, the Garden District a lot. We were also down around like Bourbon area quite a bit. Not necessarily on Bourbon Street, but just the surrounding areas like the Vampire Boutique and all that, which was, and then of course, St. Louis Cemetery, number one and three, I think, were the two that we went yeah, to. We'll talk about cemeteries in a minute because that, that's a whole thing. Uh, and, uh-huh. uh, and we did the one of the, our best day, I think, was our cemetery day that it was mind blowing, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, um, so, you know, the Bywater Marini area is on the other side. The, the border of, of the quarter is Frenchman street and it's on the other side of Frenchman street. It, uh, they actually consider Frenchman street part of the Marini. Um, it's like the border. Um, there's a one, what's the name? It's like St. Claude Avenue is the main road that runs down the Marini Bywater area. Um, it has its, own area for bars uh, it's a uh and there's a little like corner of uh intersection of bars which are very nice first of all the metal bar is there siberia and nice. the one of the one of the more famous burlesque bars always is across the street from that and next door to siberia is the emporium which is the pinball arcade bar so you had burlesque metal and pinball why would I go anywhere else, really? <laughs> all, within I mean, stumbling, all within staggering all within distance. St- in stumbling, yes, <laughs> stumbling distance. And uh, uh, Nathan, let me bring you in. Why don't you describe the bars to our, our illustrious, and then we'll talk about, you know, like our little neighborhood. By the way, and you'll see pictures. There's street art everywhere, like like graffiti <laughs> art, mosaics. Um, all sorts of stuff in this area, and that is where the parades are. So let's talk about the bars real quick, and then we'll talk about the parade, and then we'll talk about Bourbon Street, because I definitely want to talk about the Vampire Boutique and Potion with you, Erica. Uh, So uh, we have to talk about that. Um, So go ahead, Nathan. Do a review of the bars in the Marnie Bywater area. Okay, absolutely. Um, Let's start with the Always Lounge. That place was awesome. It's it's a very small, intimate venue, and they do different kinds of burlesque, which I think is cool. They have the show we went to. They had a, a live jazz trio doing uh, music and uh, the host singing, and you had burlesque dancers. They also do burlesque trivia, burlesque karaoke, which is about the only way you'd ever get me to go to karaoke. Um, they have <laughs> like they do nights where they have readings of erotica. And uh, as the burlesque shows, like, I really like the programming there because they really go beyond the regular, you know, that everyone does into some really more creative and innovative ideas, which I dig. And then straight across the street was the Emporium, which I am going to take mad points off of the Emporium because Double Dragon was out of order. 
<laughs> but, that is not oh. okay with me. That is not okay with me. But they oh. had they had Fish Tales, which is one of my favorite pinball games of all time, and they had a really nice set of of, of vintage uh, you know Atari style like Hubert and Centipede with the trackball and all of that. So uh, it was it, I, I I was happy there. Uh, they had the South Park. The South Park uh, uh, pinball machine. And you know what's important about that machine, Nathan? I didn't tell you. What? You know who does the voice of Cartman on that particular machine? I do not. Jess Harnell. Nice. Yeah, uh, for people who don't know who Jess Harnell is, though I think most of us in this group would, he is uh, Yakko, or Wacko, sorry, from uh, Animaniacs, among other right. things, and, and a heavy metal artist too. Uh, so, uh, and, and well, we and next door. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go on. I was gonna say, but rest in peace, Splash Mountain, because he also voiced all of Splash Mountain's voices, and I was sad about that. And that for that reason, it was just hard now. Anyway, go ahead. I digress. Go ahead, sir. Oh, and I was going to continue on next door to yes. Siberia, which um, the truck. Siberia is the place. If I lived there, that would be my that would be my you know regular haunt. That place was that it's got the atmosphere of the kind of place I dig. It's the it's kind of divey and it's real laid back. But I noticed there, there's a there's a bar here in Atlanta called the Earl that gets a lot of uh, the mid range uh, metal shows. But the places that are too big to play a regular bar but they're too small to play a like a huge concert venue they usually play at the earl or in purgatory at the masquerade or anywhere siberia is the place that gets those shows like i looked at the upcoming concert schedule and it's all the same shows that are going to be at the earl for the next month so it's that place bar that advertises itself as a metal bar down in the uh, in the quarter called the Dungeon, um, which is ba- comparing the two, I would say Siberia is the more authentic metal bar. The other one's basically Hot Topic, the bar, and but you, you definitely want to go check out Siberia while you're there. And that, like you were saying, that whole area with all the art and everything is really cool. There was one place called the Goat. The outside of that building looks amazing, but we couldn't catch it when it was open. So that place looks awesome. It may be, it may not be. I'm just going to throw out there that it, from the outside, it looks really cool. Well, and and the lineup that WWOZ was mentioning when they when they were open sounded actually pretty cool. Let, let's talk oh. about WWOZ for a minute. I mean WWOZ. Yeah, they. <laughs> I had never heard that station before. I went down there and I fell in love with it. It is the coolest sta- radio station because it's it you know it's they're playing you know jazz and blues and all that kind of stuff from New Orleans, but it's almost not what they're playing. It's the fact that it's not a clear channel station. You can tell that they're they're picking their own music and it's not perfect there's flaws and that makes it human and that makes it interesting. Like there'll be a 10 second pause while the DJ is trying to think of somebody's name or something like that. And so it sounds a lot less like practiced, you know, rapport on the radio as it does just someone sharing some dope ass music with you. 
And that's that's the attitude of that station. That's why I really dig that station. So any and you can stream it online, right? Yeah, you can stream it online and on the top of the hour they always uh, post the live shows that are playing that night on Frenchman Street and in the quarter and in any other significant um, venues in the area. So uh, I, yeah, I, so I, every, told, I told check him, I, I told him, I told him, I go, as soon as we're in range, we're turning on WWOZ. And this is talking to a person who does intricate, like, you know, mixed discs for road trips, right? And I'm like, no, we got to listen to radio. And I'm so glad huh. that you appreciate WWOZ. Uh, so, uh, so that was our neighborhood, and that was the same neighborhood. We were right on the parade route on St. Claude for Intergalactic Crew of Chewbacca. Uh, it's the first. It's the first official Mardi Gras season parade. Even though technically there's a parade on Epiphany that really does it's the launch, but this is the really the beginning of season because they're two weeks out. Um, and oh my God, Erica. I know that you missed it, and but your your boy got to go, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, if you ever get a chance, do it. Uh, I understand why you missed it, but oh my God, there was two thousand people in this parade. It that was parade over- was like two and a half hours long. Yeah, it was almost three hours. It was long ass parade. Um, every geekery thing you could think of, there was a sub crew for. Uh, it was incredible. Um, it opens with a bunch of Princess Leia's, and it just keeps going from there. Uh, <laughs> and, was... the, the, and those Princess Leia's gave me my first throw ever from a parade, and very, oh. appropri- very appropriately gave me a bandana, so, yeah, I, it... <laughs> all the time. Oh, my God. Nathan won the throw. Uh, the throw game on our trip of the three of us, he got the best throws, and we'll we'll um and and we'll get to them in a second. But like uh, there was princesses, and then there was a, like all these like and everyone's doing their own thing because it's Mardi Gras, so there's glammed up versions of like Predator. Like there, I have a picture of of a Predator twerking in a panda suit. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's a skin tight oh, suit, were, with, you know, oh, what are they called? The green, not Navi strippers. Navi, Navi strippers that's the word I was thinking yeah, of. There were Navi strippers on a float. That's there, was awesome. a, there was a mystery science theater 3000 crew. There was a, there was a red dwarf crew, a crew of one. No shit. There was a red dwarf crew. Um, there was right Vikings. There were um, there was the crew of Goggles, who's way famous. Um, they're a steampunk group, but they have a giant Grogu in a little steampunk outfit with like goggles, and they're pushing them. There's no motorized uh, floats except for go karts at this one. That's what makes it different than some of the others, and most of them are bicycle powered. Um, and then you the, and then almost all the throws are homemade. The winner of that parade, however was there was a giant well I think it took like five people to work this thing. Yeah, it was, there was a giant pink sparkly xenomorph puppet. Oh, Jesus. So cool. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I posted the, the video footage online, so I have it somewhere. I'm probably gonna repost it on a cart because I mixed it in with my photos on Facebook. But um, it it was it was insane. Like, and I caught it on I got it on video. I was very very happy um, about that. So I was so relieved. 
and uh, let's see, what else? I mean, there was just everything you could possibly think of. There was this whole crew of of sandworms from Dune. And, and 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 they they were but they they were making a joke about how the sandworms mouths look like buttholes. Um, <laughs> uh, That's was, not so, right. Yeah, it was no, it was it was funny as hell. Directly <laughs> directly directly across the street from us, you would look through the parade. You'd see him. Someone had set up a little easel, like an easel, and put a Darth Vader doll on it with a sign that says, "I find your lack of throws disturbing." It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't an easel. It was a, it was a, he actually made a ladder, a Mardi Gras ladder. It was but some it was kind small. of thing. Yeah, a Mardi Gras ladder. It's like a tripod stand. Yeah, a Mardi but, Gras yeah. ladder is a ladder with a bench at the top. And by uh, the end, by the end of the, by the end of the parade, this Vader had like 20 pounds of beads hanging off him. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, he had his arm up, so a lot of them were throwing him right onto the um, into his arm. It was. They're playing Vader's off. Yeah, but but you still <laughs> won the throws because um, the one the crew of Fuchsia, which is the one that had the um, the big armature of the uh, xenomorph, one of those people walked up because you, you know everyone has throws, but then usually you make like one really really nice throw, um, and then mm-hmm. you hand it to somebody. Well, this person walks up to Nathan and says what to you, Nathan? You look like you need this. And hands huh. me a homemade blinged out funnel. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All know, right. a, long, a long shot funnel, you know, one's for oh, slamming yeah. drinks. Yeah. So and, that was that was cool. And I Yeah, it it's it's actually very effective. <laughs> and I I was I'm kind of wondering why they gave they, someone was that sure I needed a funnel, but I'll take it. <laughs> I, I got some fridge magnets, which made me happy. I guess they did. Um, I guess they. I guess they <laughs> thought I didn't look drunk enough, which I at was. At that point, you but, were kind of drunk. At that point, I, it's funny. I actually didn't get that drunk in 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 New Orleans. Um, I did get other things, but we won't talk about those on air. Uh, but but um, I, I I drank some, but I didn't get totally. Uh, the only time I got drunk was day two, um, and that was our first full day there. And that was to do um, was was quarter day, quarter day. Uh, we we did quarter twice, but this was our a real quarter day where we walked around the quarter, and every few feet we stopped and got a drink. I was pretty fucking drunk by the end of that day, uh, <laughs> but but. Um, Erica, talk about the vampire boutique, and then I'm going to add to that story. So the boutique's pretty rad. They've got it's a lot of like local artists, so they sell a lot of things by local artists. They have a guy that if you reach out to him, of course in advance, he'll do like custom fangs for you, so he'll actually mold them to your teeth, so it's not like the cheap scarecrow ones that everybody just kind of like shoves in and you wear them once and that's it. Like this guy does like legit fangs. Um, But they also own like the vampire cafe and there's also a vampire speakeasy that Uh is kind of known about, but not really. So like kind of like if you know, you know, and from what I saw, you had to go to the vampire boutique 
and they kind of chose you, if that makes sense. So, like, I guess if they deemed you were, you know, one of them, they'd give you the password. They would tell you where to go and how to get to it. And fortunately, when my husband and I visited the boutique, you know, we bought a couple of things. There was a bunch of stuff like books from local authors and all just a lot of really cool shit. And they gave us the password to the speakeasy. And we were like, oh. And they told us where to go, which is it's on Bourbon Street somewhere. Not going mm-hmm. not gonna to give away that magic, but it is on Bourbon. Um, and it's in the back of this random bar that you just kind of like keep walking through. And you go to this sketchy alleyway. Where Into the like, alleyway. Oh, Oh, yeah, you're, like, in, in yep. the sketchy alleyway where you're, like, I'm probably going to get mugged, but, I mean, whatever. It's it's ah. New Orleans, so it, it, if it happens, it happens. Part of the experience. Oh, it really is, but, like, <laughs> that itself was such a cool, like, the drinks were good. The speakeasy itself is, like, upstairs. I don't even know. Off of Bourbon's, so you can actually, like, look down on Bourbon Street from it. And when we went, like, we were – it was us and I think like one other table and that was it. So like we had the run of the place and it was such a cool experience to be able to visit that, that speakeasy. Um, the name of the speakeasy is potions. Uh, it's one of three of the famous absinthe bars in uh, New Orleans. Uh, so we went to it as well, just so you know. Nice. Um, and I, a couple times we went twice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and it's not hot topic. It's actually extremely tasteful. Like the bar is really nice. Like you know, it, yeah. it feels gothy, but not. It's what it's what you. It, it, it's it's not what dungeon should have been. And dungeon was the music uh, is great there. The music is yeah. excellent. Oh my god, they were playing Twin Temple and all this great music, and the ghost came up a couple of times, and um, it had um. <laughs> Go ahead, Nathan. I want to talk about the drinks for a second. Yeah, I was going to say. They were I was good. About to say the drinks three, were good. I got three specific things. Number one, I have never had red absinthe before, but Ooh. they had it, which I never. I didn't even know that was a thing. Number two, I didn't either. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have red absinthe there. Number two, this is the only place I have ever seen. Like there are places that serve absinthe. This is the only place I've ever seen that uses absinthe in cocktails. Mm-hmm. Which is, there, there's one called a broken mirror. That, oh, my God, it's so good. But, and the other ingredient in a broken mirror, and this was one of, <laughs> this was one of the highlights of my trip. Because, okay, back in the 90s when young Nathan was going through his baby goth phase, um, <laughs> I, I read a book. <laughs> read a book called Lost Souls by Poppy Z. Bright. And all through this, they talk about, it's set in New Orleans, they talk about this magical drink called chartreuse, which I always, uh. I've never been able to find this stuff. It is so rare. Oh. You know, looked everywhere. And lo and behold, they had it. And I finally, finally got to try chartreuse. And it is as good as I had heard. And the Broken Mirror is an absinthe and chartreuse cocktail. And they 
they, the, especially our first bartender, they do it right there. They do. We walk. Uh, the one thing I will always say, absence has a lot of showmanship to it, and uh, mm-hmm. so they light it on fire and they use the 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 drip, the ice water drip uh, thing. Uh, I would say mm. I did not have a bad absence anywhere in New Orleans while I was we, there. We had. I really did. Yeah. That was potions. Uh, the Pirate Alley Cafe and help me out. The old absinthe house. Yeah, Jean Lafitte's yeah. old absinthe house. Uh, okay. So not Jean to Lafitte's be confused old... with Blacksmith, which is the oldest bar in the world. Lafitte. Each one did something the best because uh, our bartender at the absinthe house was the best at the whole theatrics of absinthe. Yeah, she, she also like did a Sazerac for us, too. Yeah, she was, like, playing with the fire as she burned the, you know, the sugar and all that stuff. It was, like, that, that was cool. The best tasting absinthe I had the whole time there was at the Pirate Sally Cafe. It was, a, what was it called, Butterfly, something like that? Butterfly. Oh, my God. Was that so good? And I think all three of the absinthe bars had it. Uh, Absolutely it, it, delicious. And, and. Oh, for, for, my God. For, I'm not even an absinthe fellow, fan. Oh. For, okay. for my fellow Misfits fans, it's 138 proof. Ooh. So I, I knew that was, <laughs> that was for me. And then yeah. Potions, Potions just had the the perfect ambiance to chase the Green Fairy in. So e- each of the three places we had absinthe excelled at something different. And But uh, we actually, uh, we ranked them. Uh, it would be Potions, uh, Pirate's Alley, and then Jean Lafitte. Uh, overall, um, and definitely, like, I love, we went to the boutique a couple of times. Kim went to the cafe once and got this blood bag of wine from the Vampire Cafe. Yeah, uh, that was delicious, wine. by the way. I had that, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we, we, we started our, our quarter, though, on actually on the corner of Royale and Pratt. Was that right? I don't. I think I don't remember. Oh my god! Um, it's where um, there's a street performer there, um, and she plays. And we wanted to go see her. Um, what's her name? Oh my god! I'm blanking her name, Nathan. The the awesome street performer we saw. Oh my god! If you hadn't just asked me, I could have told you. Something. Ah. Yeah. Her name. She's gonna come to me anything. <laughs> oh, I hate this. Oh my god! She's this. amazing. Yes. Yeah, go, go on. It'll come to me in like two seconds. Okay. Um, but we, but I was hungry, so we went over to the gumbo shop, which is for the tourist area is one of the better places to eat. And uh, yeah, it's known for its gumbo for a reason. Um, they had this like Venice. What was it? Uh, duck and and andouille sausage. Oh, gumbo. the gumbo house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was, that, was so yeah. that was the best gumbo I put in my mouth the whole time we were Doreen's there. Doreen's jazz. That's Doreen, thank you. Doreen's jazz. Doreen. She's a she's a jazz clarinetist and she her and her yes, a horn you. player and a guitar player. Rock yeah, I've been corner. following her on YouTube forever. And when we were going to New Orleans, I was like, I want to try and find her. And lo and behold, and we found I out she was playing that day. I already had found her for him. I was like, oh, yeah, no, she's on Royal Street. And so he's all excited. That was cool. Like, we did that twice. Uh, when we were doing independent research, we both, like, Doreen's Jazz and the other one was Potions. 
Uh, so, yeah, discovered yeah. the same thing independently, so it, it was kismet. Yeah, it needed, it was needed cool. to happen. But we went to the gumbo shop, and then we walked. Um, we hit bars slowly as we walked towards Bourbon. Um, my there, was favorite one pl- pl- there was one place right next to uh, the entrance to the dungeon that had some awesome statuary. They had the, the Diamond Select Jason figure. They had a really cool creature from the Black Lagoon back there. They had $5 car bombs. They had all kinds of nice. cool that, that place was awesome. That's that was Toulouse still up. That's on Toulouse Street and Bourbon. It's Toulouse's dive bar. Uh, the dungeon is also on Toulouse Street, and then on the other side is Molly's, which is an Irish pub, and um, it's pretty good and then too. On the other, then on the other side of that, there's a cool little uh, art studio and, that has uh, m- macabre art in there with, that you can yeah. purchase, and that was some really cool stuff. If I was in the market to spend a few hundred bucks on a piece of art, I would. There's a couple in there I would have grabbed. Uh, it, it was uh, the bourbon is is bourbon's bourbon, but the French Quarter is very cool and special, and you can walk around it pretty easily. Um, you know, uh, bourbon gets a little bit like there's a bourbon in the day and the bourbon in the night. Like there's a complete it, it, there is a, a switch, and then you know things change. And we we but we really like our favorite bar outside of Potions was probably Toulouse Dive Bar. We went there a couple of times. You know, it's just a small intimate bar, and it was you know it it was nice. It was really cool. And that's what annoys me about the dungeon. The dungeon had this really badass courtyard. And yeah, lean into your goth. I have no problems with that. Like I would have even put they had they had this awesome courtyard. Why did they didn't put skeletons up in the um, on the banisters, I have no idea. Like it's, it's got the, it's this long corridor between the buildings. It's kind of tight, and it opens into a courtyard. But such a cool location, and they have it, you know, decorated pretty nice in there. You know, it's it's you know nice and dark and everything. And a really the, nice old school wooden bar, like a really nice. Yeah, bar. yeah. And the, the con with the bartender is like making sure you're using coasters because this bar is hundreds of years old. But <laughs> it's. It, it kills the immersion in the in the scene when they start playing Bush. Yeah, it was all new metal and nineties metal and I don't have it, that much problem with that per se, but it's like, if, if, right. if you're gonna advertise yourself as a metal bar, within the first half hour I'm there, I need to hear at least one song from a band whose logo I can't read. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's funny because Toulouse Dive Bar also played metal, and, and they mixed it up a little bit, but they were actually more of an authentic metal bar than, than the dungeon was. I, I just, like, it was a, the dungeon was a missed opportunity. I think there was a lot of potential there, and some people would really like it, and I know people that really do like it, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, So I don't want to this completely on the dungeon. I think I like the do- I like the entrance way because it's just a little door, and you don't it, you, if you sneeze you might miss it, and that's kind of cool. And that's one of the things I love about New Orleans. It's like you can turn a corner and there's a courtyard, an alleyway, a secret beignet. Stand. One of my fa- one of my favorite oh, courtyards uh-huh. there was the one where um, I forget wait, was it Cafe Beignet that has the uh, the courtyard yeah, with yeah. the statues of the yeah. jazz legends. That was Jazz Park, yes. That is yes, Jazz that Park. place yes. is awesome. When I because I dropped right on you guys off, when I dropped you guys off to get the the stamps, 
and I was driving there. I'm like, oh, cool. We should check that out later. And then we were like just walking around and you were like, should we get some beignets? And we were like, yes, absolutely. And so you lead us down the next block. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's the place I saw earlier. So it was another one of those just everything worked out perfectly moments. That's also, and I shouldn't be telling people this, but that pro tip, if there's a stairway there that's open even when the, when the park is closed, that's the secret bathroom. Public bathrooms, no place to pee on Mardi Gras day, as they say. Yeah. Um, so it's good to know that there's one public bathroom that's actually, in, and because it's tucked back, not a lot of people go up there. So it's not like it's not a Bourbon Street public bathroom. If you don't understand what I'm saying, it's actually okay. Uh, you know, because uh, Bourbon Street, especially on Lundi Gras, can get kind of. Let's just say the streets are flowing, and that's not. Um, you don't want to know what that is. Uh, I was actually very disappointed in a hand grenade. I didn't like a hand grenade. I've had hurricanes before, and they're okay. They're not my three, but I had a hurricane hand grenade but, on bourbon. But the, pl- the place that we stopped to get that hand grenade, we ended up talking to the bartender and trading bad shark movie. Uh, she was a horror nice. fan. Yeah, she had put on Pet Cemetery, and we recognized it, and she was all excited about it, and we had this conversation. It was cool, and we recommended a bunch of Lovecraftian movies to her. So, nope. It may have not been a great drink, but it was served by a kindred spirit. <laughs> the only way to drink a hand grenade in New Orleans is out of one of those three-foot-tall plastic aliens that they give to the oh, God, That's really... It, yeah, mine wasn't an it's alien. A it was drink, a long it, yellow. It does the job. Yeah. Uh, by the, by <laughs> the way, uh, my co-host also now in Los Angeles, but usually covering the Pacific Northwest and Nevada. Please welcome to the show my co-host Raven Jasper Hark. She's called in. You're on with the sexy witches. Hello. Hey girl. Hey. Got a new hey, headset. What do you think? All, oh, you Yo. sound great. Um, Erica Andres is on the line with us, and we are talking Hi. about no laugh at the moment. Hey. Um, Love it. All right. So uh, is there anything else we want to say about Bourbon Street? Uh, I'm not going to get it because Erica did not want to say which bar had potions above it, but I do want to no. say that bar is good in its own right. It had oh, great yeah. acts all the time. Um, mostly trad jazz and three-piece bands, but uh, they we were had, all really good. We had a really bad habit the night that we did Bourbon Street of walking out and seeing a bar and be like, oh, the music coming out of there sounds awesome, and ducking in, and that's the last song of the band set. <laughs> no. Uh, and over and over. It, it happened on French. Aww. It also happened on Frenchman Street too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So uh, it was like, like we go in like, oh, these guys are awesome. Get a drink, sit down. Like, all right, folks, we'll be back, and we're going to take a half hour break. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> oh. Thanks, everybody. There's, we're retiring. <laughs> right. There's That's only the a, last song you'll ever hear from us. <laughs> Most of the acts on Bourbon Street are rock and roll cover bands. There's a lot of those in New Orleans. I mean, a there's lot a, of those. But, but there are there's a, a few. There's a right way and a wrong way. There's a right way and a wrong way to do that. The wrong way is when we were sitting there and heard that, heard coming from the other side, a bad Dave Matthews band cover. Oh, like, my God. That's, uh, that, was, <laughs> that was horrific. 
No, but no. then we go Just down no. the, the road a little bit, and there is this three-man combo, a keyboard guy singing, a saxophone player, and a drummer, all amazing musicians, and they're covering Superstitious by, um, oh, God, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. And it's amazing. So you can do covers as long as you do them well. And this had like a 10-minute jam in the middle. It was great. The one thing I did like is that there's hardly any covers on Bourbon Street, unlike Frenchmen, okay. where most of them do. Uh, even though Actually, covers have, have you ever, very high. Have you, ever, have you ever seen Stevie Wonder's house? No, he oh, hasn't no, either. Neither no, is he. Neither. No, <laughs> really? I had to go there. Really? Really? That's one of my yeah, favorite I, jokes. Shut up. All right. <laughs> wah, wah. All right. So, um, uh, so day three, we went to the cemeteries up in the Metairie area. Uh, because unfortunately, St. Louis Cemetery Number One is no longer open to the public unless you pay a buttload of money to this guy to let oh, you boo. in. Yeah. Only by so, but being that I have been to New Orleans before, I knew where to go for the cool for other ones, and so I took them up to the Metairie, and we went to the Greenwood Cemetery, and we went to. Also, Lake Lake Lawn, which is the Metairie Cemetery. Uh, but, the reason but is, first we, first oh, no, we no, I, I was, cool uh, hold on, hold on, Nathan. I'm saving that one because this one we can go. Okay. These are these are typical above ground, what you see in movies, Easy Rider, having sex and on doing yeah, acid. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anne Rice is buried in Lake Lawn, and she just recently was interred there. So we went and we. Um, we paid respects to Anne Rice, and while we were there, oh. we actually got to witness a real uh, New Orleans jazz funeral, which was actually really wow. cool. Yeah, we were, oh, we wow. were there at we were there at uh, Anne Rice's grave, and we're, it is not rare in New Orleans to just randomly hear a band like off in the distance. Like, yeah, okay, doesn't make sense. But like, we were standing there, and I just hear this one getting closer, and we're turning to. The haunters and saying, hey, do you hear that getting closer? And we were all just kind of like, yeah, weird. And so all of a sudden around the corner, here comes this uh, band playing. It was amazing timing, and they were perfect. They ended it. They ended the song right as they entered the crypt area. Um, yeah. It was right, and it was right the, next door. the casket right behind it and the whole procession. Uh-huh. And it was cool. No one was there. So you could tell this was not the kind that they do, you know, first show like this was the actual uh-huh. real deal and it was the crypt right beside us and it was really cool like the timing to get to see that in person like as it happened and i took him to greenwood cemetery which is a sentimental favorite for me it's next to uh uh what was the the one from crowbar was that fellow's rest odd fellow's rest uh we went to saint patrick's number two so we could kind of see two cemeteries at once because we couldn't get into the rest uh but greenwood has brian patrick o'toole who wrote confederacy of dunces is that right is that his name i might Mm -hmm. be getting that wrong no john kennedy sorry no patrick o'toole he's he's a he's a producer of dog soldiers no john kennedy exactly uh, right john kennedy tool is uh the author of confederacy of dunces and we went to go see his gravesite. Uh, so, uh, and there's so really cool it, ones. We found it. Yeah, and, 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 and it's cool because there's like mounds with big stags on the top. There, there's a lot of ornamentals, but none of this, all as amazing as the cemeteries are, and Erica, 
quick, Hold on, real quick. What, talk real about quick, St. Louis. Yeah, I want her to talk about St. Louis for a second, and then I want to bring it up because we went to the most unique cemetery I've ever been to, even for New Orleans, and I wanted I, to I need, talk about that. I need that. to mention I, something before we leave okay. that cemetery. I need to mention one other thing. Mm-hmm. There is uh, in which one was Anne Rice in? I can't Lake remember Lawn, the name. Metairie. Lake Lawn, Metairie. Um, thank you. Yeah, um, in there, there is a monument to the uh, what was it? The Virginia Brigade of the New Orleans of the Louisiana Army from the Civil War. I can't remember exactly what, but a Civil uh, War. Something like that. Yeah, okay. it was a Civil War monument. And if you go on, like, there's a crypt underneath it. And if you go and look through the bars, because it is close, it is the perfect, perfect Lucio Fulci crypt. Um, like, it, fun. It, even, it even smells like you would imagine a Lucio Fulci crypt would smell, look, you know, smell like. It's amazing. It's the coolest I think I've ever seen in my life. So definitely, if you're going to go visit, check that out. All right. And if you do have the time in there, tell us really quickly because we didn't get to go because of the price um what is saint how is saint louis cemetery and what's in there and what's worth doing so um we did go to saint louis cemetery number one we did book the tour um there's only one tour company that's licensed to do it so we did find out that the reason they closed it to the public was because people were grave robbing they were going in and because the cribs are so old you could they were breaking into them and they were taking the remains and selling them and there were quite a few crypts that like they pointed out to us to show us like some of the ones that had been broken into and you could reach in i mean there's nothing in there now because they were stolen but you could have reached in easily and like snatched somebody's skull if you wanted to so they there was so much of that going on that they decided they were done and they were closing it to the public and they were supposed to be doing some form of restorative work to it. At least that's what they told us. But like Nick Cage has a tomb in there. So we got to see that. Um, we, yes, the pyramid, we got to see um, Marie Laveau's tomb in there, which they had like, a lot of people would go in and they would draw the X's on there and knock and then, you know, kind of, tell her what you needed or ask for her blessing or what have you. And they actually wiped them all off to the point where now they don't encourage you to do that, but they do encourage you if you want to, to leave like, you know, a couple pennies or some sort of offering to her that is still encouraged there. So, you know, we left her a little something and and said a little, little something, something to her. So that was kind of cool, but it's, it's way smaller than any, of the other cemeteries that we were in when we were in New Orleans, because we did, I think it was number three, and that one was, like, gigantic compared to one. One was just very tiny. It was like a city block and a half, and that was it. But they let us stay in there for, like, the longest time, and we just kind of took our time and walked through, and it was as, like, the sun was kind of starting to set, so we got some of those golden hour pictures, which was awesome. But they have, like, security guard, like, out the front. You can't get in if you're not with that specific tour company. And it's directly through, like, their website. So at the time when we went, I think it was, like, 13 bucks, 13 or 14 bucks a person. It wasn't too bad, but it sounds like they might have upped their prices. Yeah, and, and they were also very limited on when they would go in. So it didn't mm-hmm. fit our schedule. 
But I I was completely satisfied with our trip up to the Metairie cemeteries. I knew about them because they're at the end of Charles Street um, streetcar, yeah. and and they're all uh, they're all free up there. Uh, but what I was not prepared though for the first one we walked into. Everyone uh, when I was doing research, um, there's this amazing tour company. I know Erica knows about it too. It's called uh, Free Tours by Foot, and they have yeah. a fantastic YouTube channel. Um, one specifically on New Orleans, uh, but they have other cities too. Um, and they mentioned Holt Cemetery, and they didn't talk, they didn't go in it, but they were talking about like the free cemeteries up there. And I looked up my map. I had a, a Lonely Planet book that I was comparing my notes with. And so <laughs> we went to Holt Cemetery first, which is kind of tucked into the, there's a college up there, and it's kind of tucked in a parking lot. Uh, so you park in the parking lot, and it's surrounded by fences, and you walk in and turn, and boom, you hit this small but dense cemetery. And it's, first of all, it's in-ground, which is not normal for New Orleans at all. And there's no. everywhere, and colorful, like, splashes of color and and weird offering and you're like what is this place and then you read the sign papal it's a it's a pauper's rest it was the pauper's cemetery it was the poor person cemetery and it's it's about the size of a small parking lot and there's supposedly what fifty thousand people buried there forty percent of them are babies um it's absolutely one of the coolest places i have ever seen um, I, it, 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 they don't allow pictures, so I have no photos of this place, but you can Google them. There are some online. Wouldn't do it justice, though. Walking around this place is really how to do it. Um, so we quietly walk through, and then, of course, Nathan suddenly geeks out because in the middle of all of this, there's a in the middle standing. Of, okay, okay, in on. the middle. Is, Go ahead. You can tell us. Go ahead. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a cemetery. In the middle of the cemetery, like just open ground, nothing around it, is what looks like, you know, one of those old big brick smokers. And it's a, a crematory right there in the middle. Oh. Like not That's attached rad. to a building, not in a building, nothing. Nope. No, it's a like and, and they just like, they would just apparently take them in there and just cremate them right there in the middle of the lawn. And I have never seen that in any other cemetery. It was the weirdest thing. And it had a, a uh, mailbox in front of it. Well, and the mailbox. Mailbox. Wait, 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 wait. It had a mailbox in front of it? It had a mailbox in front of it, yes. Uh, I've been doing research on that mailbox. That, that, that guy that happened to be taking his date through to get his game on, the tour guide, He met, there's actually a grave Toast. there. There's a grave there. His, yeah, name his, name was, was his name was Toast. Okay, um, ah. we bumped into a graveyard, uh, like a, a tour guide, you know, tour guides taking the, his girlfriend to the cemetery, date, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and I mentioned there's a grave there. And yeah, there's, it's actually marking a postal worker. Uh, oh. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but this these, place is like, you, they allow you to bring in tombstones from outside, you know, wherever you end up getting them. So there's like, stone ones and wood ones and like rough limestone ones and pink ones and blue ones and ones that have no oh, markings wow. on them. Like just, just weird, you know, wooden crosses held together with twine. Like every kind of grave marker you can imagine is in this place. And they didn't charge for the graves in this place, but they would charge for the labor. 
So if you didn't pay, if the family did not pay your bill, they would just, they, would, they wouldn't take you out, but they just throw another body on top of you. Um, there's entire families buried in these graves. Um, their last interred person was 2020. So they're still burying people there. I believe they even said they had a funeral a couple weeks before we got there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they're still using this place to this day. Now it's a little bit different in the sense that now there's historical legacy. Um, it got hit particularly hard during, uh, during uh, Katrina and, uh, bodies washed mm. up. As a matter of fact, you can actually right. make one of the signs says, do not, if you find a bone, do not take it. It's illegal, federal offense, blah, blah, blah. So there's an issue with people stealing bodies from this place, but they literally will wash up from the ground, um, you know, because it's an in-ground cemetery. Uh, it, it is absolutely, next time, if you guys go, absolutely take some time. Even take your day and take the Charles Street um you know, streetcar up there and walk around all the cemeteries, but go to Holt Cemetery. I've never seen anything like it. Um, it affected me. It changed my DNA walking through that place. Uh, wow. it, it, it's incredible and uh, a highlight. Um, the, the other highlight was actually out in the bayou, and I'm going to let Nathan take this one. Um, the next day, we went to the Abita's Mystery House, which is a curiosity place. Uh, an art can I gallery. can I jump in for a section for a second on yeah, that um the the burial so we did one of the cemetery tours they were telling us and Norla what they would do is they would they would literally put entire families in one tomb so like they mm-hmm. would put your body in there you would stay in there for a year and a day and then there's like a little drop shoot so they take like a broom or whatever and they would push the remains into that drop chute and it would fall down in the back and it would wait for the next body to come in over the top. So they only left it in there for like a year and a day because of the climate and wow. it kind of acted like its own oven. So it would like cook, literally just kind of cook the body on its own. Uh, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I said, it, it, it just, it, 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 this, Hope Cemetery is, like I said, I've never seen anything like it. I, I Like all of us, when we walked through it, Nathan had his jaw dropped down. Kim and I were like, wow, this is just crazy, you know. And um, we saw Bloody, Middle, Bloody Mary's tours were following us. Uh, they, they were just coming to Hope Cemetery as we were leaving, and then they followed us to Greenwood and Lake Lawn. It was pretty funny. We saw a tour bus. I have to go check out their museum next time we're there because the museum is located in the same apartment where the Zach and Addie murders occurred. It, it's right across from Louis Armstrong Park, which we didn't actually get to on this trip. I couldn't believe we didn't make it up there. Uh, but next time, it's there. It's not going anywhere. Uh, a beat, but we went out to the bayou the next day, and we went and, and Erica, next time you go out, this is so worth it. You would die. You're just going to love it. Um, it's, it's so up your alley. Oh my God. You, you just, you know, it's called Abita's mystery house. I'm going to let Nathan take this because he was the one that found this place. And it turns out a lot of our friends actually had been there, uh, before and it's an art installation curiosity shop. So I'm going to give it to Nathan and tell you about this place. Okay, Maybe. so I got to give a uh, give a shout out to Captain and Maybell because they were the ones that informed me of this place, and I know I 
know if they're impressed, it's worth going to see. And it was, man. You pull up, like, to the corner, and all you see is this, like, little building, like a shack. <laughs> and you walk in, and it's a, it's, a, it's a good shot. But then you walk back, and there's a door in the back of the building. And that is, quote, unquote, the museum. Once you go back there, a world of wonders opens up to you. The first building you walk in, he has made like these huge dioramas that you push buttons and moves, and they're totally like folk art. I don't even know how to describe them. They're just amazing. The detail this guy has put in. The artist's name is John Preble, and he has those in there. They've got old uh, video games in there that they have put into weird cabinets they shouldn't be in. And it, it, it's a very bizarre. They have uh, Crisco the Dancing Clown, which is the creepiest game thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, and you go into the next one, and I mean, there's a shack that has like 7,000 kinds of hot sauce bottles on the walls. <laughs> They have, a flying, they have a flying saucer. They have a bassigator, which is like, it's about 15 feet long, and it's a giant fish with the head of an alligator. Like, <laughs> they, have, they have a giant cat that will grab onto you and not leave your side until yeah, we, you don't get you, to we, we had a cat friend from most of it that, fought, that rode <laughs> on our shoulders. Um, everything is push button. Everything is interactive. Lots of skeletons have, doing weird ra- little random shit. <laughs> randomly, in, randomly in the back in a building where they had, I don't, I don't know what kind of weird curiosity was in there. But the thing that drew me was on the back they have a like a ceramic tile that has a picture of Morgus the Magnificent autographed on it, like the famous horror host from New Orleans. They've got that back there. Like Thanks. they have. I want to buy this jump roping skeleton animatronic he made that is so simple that it is so fucking brilliant. Like this, this place is, I, I posted a picture of it and a couple of pictures from inside. And the most common comment I got on that Facebook post was this is Captain Spaulding's in real life. So yeah, nice. not, not the murder ride, but if the, Inside of his place where he gives them the map and where the robbery takes place, it looks like that. Even even down to the Fiji the Fiji mermaid. They have one of those. Yeah. Like they actually had, supposedly that fantastic. one was from, from Coney He said it was from Coney Island, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So and um he um he is an associate uh with the park in New Mexico, which is where he got the idea for it. Um so it, it, it's just, it's almost sensory overload. There's just so much to look at and see and er, so much interactive, strange things everywhere. Everything you could possibly think of. Um, they're set, of course, the people who make it are relatively eccentric themselves. So they're excellent, wonderful to talk to. And no, they can get a promo. John seems perfectly normal. <laughs> oh, well, of course he is. I say, I said <laughs> No, John did not seem normal. That man is insane, and he makes beautiful, beautiful shit. You should all go check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it's not, you know, it was really, really cool, and you know, it was nice to go out to the bayou, even though the bayou is so up. 
a lot of New Orleans is toe up right now because Hurricane Ida, which was a year out from them, they're still fixing themselves for that. Like they got stomped for on Hurricane Ida. A lot, a lot of people know Katrina, but apparently Ida, Ida took out my central grocery, so I wasn't able to get a muffalata from the central grocery. Now I was able to get central grocery was still making the muffaladas, but they were sending them to other stores. So I did get one, but it took some hunting to get it and some obsession to get my muffalata while I was out there. Um, we went to Mother's. We went to the Parkway, which is still the best friggin' poor boy in New Orleans, in the okay. Garden District. I, oh, hold on. So hold, good. Hold on. So good. I got, a, I got a, a po' boy called the James Brown. All right? This thing is barbecued shredded beef, barbecue shrimp, pepper jack cheese, and hot sauce. And it is the greatest thing ever. Oh, my God. Um, we, we went there, and we went to Commander's Palace in the Garden District. Yes, we did. Hoity toity yeah. restaurant. Um, okay, food. Mm-hmm. I got out of there. Like, it was expensive, but the food was reasonable. Do not order drinks there. We ordered two drinks at the bar waiting for our table. It was $53 for a glass of wine and a whiskey soda. That is Holy it. Holy shit. Yeah. So, no. Did don't you guys turtle, go to the bookstore? That book turtle store? soup was magnificent, though. Huh? Oh, well, Did the you guys go good. to the bookstore that's over by Commander's? No, we didn't make it to the bookstore. It was closed by the time we got there. It, we had a late reservation. It was 930. Uh, okay. So, but, I, but we will get there next time. And I knew about it. I knew about it. I knew where it was. I knew it was like right around the corner. There's a bunch of Anne Rice stuff in that area. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she saved every, the house in that area, too. Uh, so uh, every, sing, every single place we went, I, I never ordered it as a – Entree ever, but every single place we went, I would order a side of jambalaya because I wanted to compare everybody's. And <laughs> in in my uh, according to the sampling I've had, because I'm sure there are several hundred more places to get jambalaya in New Orleans, but from the sampling I had, Mother's had the best. Mother's has the so debris. They're, they're, they're no. Really good. Oh, I I I went to the uh, World War II museum while I was there with Kim because Kim yeah. is you know she was in the military so she really wanted to go to the World War II museum so we went to the World War II museum and it's so weird to have it's a really good museum don't get me wrong uh, but it's really weird that it's in New Orleans I'm not sure what it has to do with New Orleans there's no section goes New Orleans and World War II there's nothing like that there but if you want a straightforward like here's how it went down, this is what happened, these were the people, and here's how shit went down. That part was cool. I wish I had more artifacts, but what they had was very nice. Um, they had some really good, the temporary exhibit was amazing. There was this, like, Polish graphic artist that did all these, like, images of death and beauty um, in protest of the war. Uh, really fucking cool. Highly recommend that. I actually need to find his work online because it was that neat. Um, so that was so weird to do that. Like, we've been doing this all this mild debauchery, eating and drinking, eating all this great food. Food was the winner, by the way, of, of, the, of the consumption party. Um, <laughs> drinks were good. Food was great. Uh, we went to Elizabeth's in the Bywater for breakfast, and that's an unsung place. Everyone knows about the Ruby Slipper, and it's good. We ate there, too. But the Elizabeth's 
in the Bywater for breakfast. Go there. Go fucking there. Oh, my God. That was one of the best meals we had in New Orleans. And uh, that's saying a lot because a lot of food was so good. We, we, went <laughs> so. For bre- we went for breakfast. <laughs> we went for breakfast. And they set in front of me a plate which has fried catfish, grits, eggs, and crawfish etouffee. Tell me that's not a hell of a breakfast. Hell yeah. I had banana mm-hmm. Foster's pancakes. Oh, <laughs> stuffed, yeah. Stuffed pancakes. I, I, I usually don't go that, that decadent. I will eat a Monte Cristo now and then, but I usually don't go that decadent. And I went all out on that meal. Also, um, as, far, as far as breakfast, I'd put the ruby slipper up there, too. Well, I said the Ruby Slipper, and everyone knows because there's a small chain in New Orleans at the Ruby Slipper, but the Elizabeth wins, I think. But oh, Elizabeth, no, totally takes the surprise. But but I liked I liked Ruby Slipper too because you could get a mix and mash. Um, like I love eggs Benedicts, and they're known for their eggs Benedicts, so I was completely happy with that meal. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> it was yummy. I don't like. We did not have a bad meal in New Orleans. I don't think you can unless you're really on Bourbon Street. And you have to eat it because you're, you know, yeah. you have to eat that eight dollar slice of pizza because you have no choice in the matter. That was the shittiest uh, pizza ever. But <laughs> <laughs> everything I put in my mouth in New Orleans was awesome. <laughs> that just sounded way things. dirtier than I meant it. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, anyway. But um, I think that's the main part of our our, our New Orleans story. Uh, like uh, we had, I had a couple king cakes. I bought some king cakes, and they're actually oh nice. Yeah, so I ate some king cake. I actually still have some in the fridge. Uh, so find the baby. Um, uh, the baby actually came on its in its own little baggie on the side. It wasn't actually oh. in the cake. Oh wow! Baby a la carte. Yeah, baby Alec. That's what I would say, baby Alec. <laughs> On our way out yeah. of town, we hit more bayou. We hit the Bataveria Preserve, which is the national park side of the Jean Lafitte National Historic Area. Um, and that was kind of neat. We There was actually um, a lot of it's messed up, too, because of Ida. But there was like this one nice parking lot. We had a little walk out just a little bit and go see some bayou and some swamp. It was really pretty. And the guy and the parks ranger was very nice and gave us a suggestion about driving over a bridge and going back over. And you get to see a big open view of this bayou just stretching out. And that was cool. So uh, shout out to the National Park Service for always ruling. Thank you. Uh, You know, I love the fucking National Park Service as I used to work for them. And I will always vote. I vote National Parks is my third most important issue. Believe it or not. So that. Anyway, you know, so. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. So that was nice. And when we got home, we actually had one more, like, you know, you know the phrase Lenny app? That's a, that's a, a, that means, that's a, that's a word in New Orleans that means, or Lenyap, some people call it that, uh, means a little bit more. And that's because they always, at their meal, give you a little bit extra, like, like an extra, an extra beignet or a little bit, uh, or a little jambalaya on the side or, you know, something like that. It's always a little bit something cool, right? So we got home in time to go to um, the Plaza Theater here, the Historic Theater in Atlanta, had the Silver Scream Spook Show, and they were showing 1933's King Kong on the big screen. Um, And the the Silver Scream Spook Show was 
show is kind of famous, Shane Morton, uh, who, by the way, according to people, uh, he designed the Cheddar Goblin in Mandy. Uh, right <laughs> so, on. Yeah, uh, so uh-huh. he's kind of like this evil genius, literally, in real life. I've met him a couple times. Nathan is good friends with him. <laughs> um, he's always on NPR. You can find him. NPR loves him. He's been on twice down here. Uh, so uh, Shane Morton is the horror host of the live show, and he has a group of girl, girlies, and they have puppets we've talk, we've and videos. About, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, we've talked about this, the uh, – Spook show a couple of times, but just to give the Breeders' Digest version, it's remember back in like the well, not personally, but you've seen pictures of back in the 40s and 50s when they used to tour movies around in road shows, and they'd show the movie, but they'd have a whole act before it. You know, there were there were right. like you know magic shows and you know live in the mm-hmm. theater, watch a woman turn into a gorilla or some you know the spook show shit. That's what Shane Morton's doing. He's bringing that back. That's what the Silver Screen Spook Show is. They do a whole half-hour stage presentation before the movie. And they do a kid's show in the afternoon and an adult show at night. And it's really cool because all these new generations of monster kids are getting you know, introduced to all these really cool old classic movies because of the Silver Screen Spook Show. We, we also did the Tingler uh, last time. Oh, and I, that was the first time I got to go. And that was really cool because, of course, they got the Emergo thing with the skeletons, and that was cool. Uh, but a lot of people go to the kids' show because the matinee, it's um, Shane and his crew, uh, they, have a, they have an outline of what they want to do, and they build the, the puppets, but they actually, the actual, like, dialogue is all improvised. They just, like, shoot it out of their asses on the, on the kids' show, and they and so the they're a little bit slightly and a very slightly more rehearsed for the later show, the ten o'clock show, uh, because they run through it once. So uh, so so it really depends on what like what you want to you know what which show you want to do. So you want the you want the one that's a little bit more polished. You go to the evening show, and Ryan Turek was there from Blumhouse. I recognized him in the audience. I was like, "Woo, Ryan Turek! Ryan Turek produced uh, is a producer of Get Out, and he's you know he's a script supervisor, he's creative director. Um, he's he's like him and Rebecca McKendry are like like awesome people in the you know anyway. So I was like really I was like, oh, well, he, at least he's got taste in that Shane Morton show. That Shane was, Morton he was he was not the cool. biggest celebrity though, not the biggest celebrity there because Godzilla called in. Yep, Godzilla did huh. call in because King Kong was playing so um it, it is funny because uh shane was saying that the kids at the uh, that went to see the king kong you know some of them had never seen king kong before and you'd think that would be outdated no the kids loved it um and a lot of them were crying at the end and i thought that was just you know it, yay king kong you know it still holds up even today even oh, if if you haven't seen King Kong on a big screen, you haven't really seen King Kong. It, it's, it becomes very obvious once you have that that's the way it was meant to be seen. That was my second time seeing it. I got to see Count Gore Duvall her host it um, in Silver Spring, Maryland, and that's cool. So, um, yay. So that was, our, that was a lot of information we just unpacked, but that was our adventures <laughs> in the last two weeks. Excellent. <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> All right, breathe now. 
We're and we're moving. We're still moving. So I'm about to pack up my stuff. I'm officially moving out of Maryland as of this weekend. Uh, so I I'm really tired, like really 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 Good tired, Lord. but I can't sleep. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, today happens to be the one year anniversary of my divorce. So, and I'm officially moving out of Maryland and into Georgia. So, major milestones in my life. Uh, so, That's you. But, yeah. So, on top of the, but it was nice to have a vacation in the middle of all of this craziness and just like be somewhere else and do something else. And that was great. So, um, Erica, any final thoughts yeah. you want to add about New Orleans? If you've never been, you need to go and take at least a week because there's so much to do, and it's not just the French Quarter. Like, the French Quarter is great, don't get me wrong, but get outside of the quarter, go to the Garden District, explore that area a little bit. Take We did a riverboat cruise, and it was so cool because it was like a historic cruise, and they fed you. Like, do all of the random things off of the beaten path. It's just such an amazing city. It's, it's, it's That's good advice for city. traveling anywhere. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I would warn you is that if you're going to stick quarter, don't drive. Driving in the quarter is the worst Uber in. Um, but if you're going up somewhere like the Marigny or up in – or even the Garden District, driving's okay. It's not, it's not as bad as people think it is there. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot worse here in Atlanta. So uh, – uh, you know, the roads are weird. The roads are really weird. They're really old. Uh, all the highways look like uh, Tonker, you know, like Tonker. What did you call them, Nathan? They're just up, down, curvy, and weird. Like, oh, it was like like, a, they were like Hot Wheels hot tracks. Wheel. Yeah. It's like they gave the highways to a six-year-old and said, here, make something for cars to go across. So, yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful place. Um, but, um yeah, everyone should go. And it's not even, you know, I mean, all trips are expensive, but I mean, the Airbnb was reasonable and you don't need to go during Mardi Gras or during New Orleans here, here. Jazz Festival to have fun. There's always something happening. And Quarterfest in April, when it's not so hot yet, is free. Uh, so, you know, there's that going on. So that would be my next time I go. Um but anyway, um, Erica, do you? Uh, we are gonna thank you for calling. First of all, thank you, thank you for calling <laughs> and being part. Here, of here. Uh, you um, know, and, I'm and super jealous. Know, yeah, um, we, I want to go to Transworld's on my bucket list. I'm jealous. I want to go to New Orleans with Erica. We should just all meet in New Orleans someday. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank thank you guys for having me. First of all, secondly, I'm I'm down for New Orleans trip. It, my husband and I were actually just talking about how we need to go back. So look, I'm I'm in. Like, let's go. Let's make it happen. Uh, very soon. Also, I will have a second bedroom. And if you're if, even if we couldn't go with you to New Orleans, if you were driving through, stop in Atlanta for a night, and we'll go out to dinner. Absolutely. I mean, we aren't that far from each other. So no, you know, we're like the, up the road, up the road. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my my our friend Harriet Branch. I'm sure you know Harriet. Uh, she comes oh, here yeah. every once in a while, and we always have we have lunch at the German restaurant nearby here in Stone Mountain. <laughs> so nice. 
So, uh, you know, well, maybe we'll do something else next time. But, you know, anyway, so it comes on through. I bring JD, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I really appreciate it. We're going to actually change subjects because uh, I got to wake up Raven. Um, and um, I'm going to put her on the spot. Maybe I'll wake her up if she needs it. And uh, anyway, call in any time. If you just feel bored and just want to ramble like I do. I'm Even if you're not way. feeling bored, just call in, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes us feel yeah. special. <laughs> I will. I'm going to, I'm going to skedaddle, but um, thank you guys again. And we'll all talk soon. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, Aaron dropped. Wait a minute. Eric, Erica. Thank you. No, I didn't. No, I okay. didn't. <laughs> That's so weird. You okay. Did. I'm gonna... All along, right. I dropped it like it's hot. Nice. I'm going to put, some, oh. I'm going to put on some music for a second. Um, and then I'm going to refresh my, my page and see what's going on because, you know, friggin' okay. blog talk. And um, I'm going to refresh my drink. If, if I don't come back Good on immediately call. and the song ends for some reason, go ahead and start talking about um, Raven. Start talking about the things you've been watching. You're going to go first. Yeah. All right. I'll be right hey. back. Sounds good. People want to crash out with me. I ain't ready for it. I ain't ready for it. Mighty Graw, Mighty Graw, Mighty Graw. I ain't ready for it at all. Party in the car, party in the bar. Fifteen party people want to bang on my guitar. I ain't ready for it. I ain't ready for it. I ain't ready for it. I ain't ready for it at all. I fly to Colorado, but I ain't got the cash. Who's gonna pick up all the doggone trash? When I hear the sound of that big bass drum, look out, baby, cause here it comes. Party in the car, party in the bar. Party people throwing up on my guitar. I ain't ready for it. I ain't ready for it. Mighty crawl, mighty crawl, mighty crawl. I ain't ready for it at all. We're back <laughs> so abruptly. Hello. Oh my gosh! Hello, everybody. We're back. I was trying to bring it down, uh, uh, you know, but okay. But uh, we're all yeah. here, and nobody's been hung up on. That's the most important part. Nobody drops. <laughs> yep. No, I had um, to call back was, in. Yeah, oh, I noticed. Yeah, no, it was. But it, we're all good. Camille, that was Camille Bowden, uh, Bowden, I believe is his last name, and that was I ain't ready for it at all. Which is like this? That's like an unofficial theme song of WWOZ during Mardi Gras season. So, 
You know, no one wants anybody throwing up on their guitar. It's just something that you don't want. So, but you got to work because it's most everyone works on Mardi Gras. There's just bands everywhere. It's it's amazing. Uh, so, uh, but we let's go ahead, Mel Raven. We we haven't done one of these in a while, and I did pad some time. We still have officially about half an hour left before eleven o'clock, but it can run over. So don't feel rushed. Um, we are going to go. We have a new what we are watching and forever. And, uh, yeah. and and Nathan in particular has been deep diving, when we get to him, analog horror because of the hit Skittermarine that came out. Yeah. We actually went to see it. And there's a lot of divisiveness, divisiveness I guess, of this film. And it's, but there's a lot more to it than even, like, there's a rabbit hole. But anyway, we'll get to that when we get to Nathan and his recap. But first, Raven, you've been watching a fuck ton of television. Boy, howdy. Uh, man, you know, when you, <laughs> when you have so many medical things happen all at once, sometimes the only light at the end of the tunnel is your TV. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's been my light recently. True. Um, the first thing I want to touch on is, uh, if you haven't covered it already, is Joe Bob's Valentine special. Oh, yeah. Yes. We haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> okay. Well, we did watch that, it. Uh, that was uh, on Friday. Friday. It just happened. On the yep. 10th. And uh, one thing that was cool is the previous show was uh, a fundraiser, like they do every Christmas. And one of the things you could... Um, auction or bet on for their auction was a chance to get married by Joe Bob in Las Vegas, hang out with him, be a part of the show, be on the show, get married live, all this cool crap. Um, and so the the couple was featured. They got married. Everybody cried. Joe Bob cried. <laughs> it was absolutely sweet. Um, so if you don't want to know what films happened mute me for about 30 seconds (laughs) uh the first film they showed was phantom of the mall eric's revenge and i am a fan of the opera geek um even before the musical came out i collected every cover i could find if i found a book with a different cover i would had i would buy it and by the time I was nine, I had over 50 copies of The Phantom of the Opera. And then the musical came out that year. Um, so I have this weird connection with the show and all things Paris Opera House that I will enjoy, like, the most absurd interpretation. And this is definitely one of the most absurd <laughs> interpretations. It's filmed at Sherman Oaks. Mall, which is the same mall they filmed uh, Choppy Mall at, so you can you it's can the see Galleria. the same. Yeah, girl, it's she's a valley girl. Okay, fine, <laughs> for sure, for sure, she's a valley. Sure, girl. Sure. That song was written about Sherman Oaks Galleria, so we love it. So anyway. that was kind of a fun, um, you know, quirky, very cheesy 1989 kind of thing, and then it's. 
usually how Joe Bob splits it is, here's something you might be able to watch with your 12-year-old. Now put your fucking kid to bed because it's going to get awful. <laughs> <laughs> and as as the clues uh, let us know on Twitter, that second film was indeed Necromantic, which I first came across uh, for 25 cents on VHS at a video rental store that was closing. I just filled a bunch of shopping bags with as many horror VHSs I could find, including the Frankenhooker talking box, thank you very much, for 25 cents. Put in Necromantic, and I was eating lunch. (laughs) Please do not eat during that movie. Um, The title tells you a lot, but it doesn't tell you everything. And... um, I was tentative, uh, hesitant to watch because it's a little triggering in some spots in the same way that Cannibal Holocaust can be. Um, But having the context of Joe Bob, I felt like I had a support system. And and the things that he said about it were really interesting. So uh, Uh, it's already on Shudder. So check it out if you haven't yet. It's great. uh, Uh, You guys can catch it fascinated by his whole story about how the punk scene made this movie in Germany. I mean, it, it right. was fascinating. It, that's so. a good word for it. Fascinating. Yeah. A little yeah. hypnotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, the uh, any other comments, haikus, concerns about Joe Bob before I move on from that? No, we were all very I, happy I to want have him, him back. I want him to <laughs> have Jordan Boot. I want him to have Jordan Bootwright as a guest on the show. That would be that amazing. That would be fantastic. Um, you know, Darcy's on Twitter all the time. I highly recommend tweeting her that because she will read it at the very least. Uh, so if there's any other uh, maniacs, Darcy's amazing. <laughs> go, go tell Darcy. Tell Darcy. Yes, um, Darcy? We, need, we, need the, we need the director on the show. Then maybe they'll show Shram or Dertotis King or one of his other ones. Word. As Psychnet, um, beyond Joe Bob, I've been watching The Last of Us on HBO. I will give a spoil, spoiler-free overview. <laughs> it's currently streaming on HBO based on the game of the same name. One of the things I really appreciate about this show is that the executive, one of the executive producers is actually from The Last of Us franchise, uh, uh, Last of Us video game and the Uncharted video game franchises. Many of the people that did voices in the game are acting in the series. So it's really cool that they're making this connection and reaching out to the people that were in the original project and, um, you know, followed through for this continuation. Very cool. Um, This is a post-apocalyptic sort of global pandemic destroying civilization type thingy. Uh, It involves, yeah, type thingy. It involves (laughs) very interesting things about fungus, which are all scientifically accurate. Uh, This came out at the perfect freaking time. And um, it's really a good parallel for COVID because it kind of talks about how if if people didn't global warm the world up <laughs> enough, this infection could never happen. 
And I think about that with COVID sometimes. Did we fuck up the world so bad that we made the perfect environment for this virus? And yes. so there's a lot to think about uh, us as a society. Uh, it's really great. Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian and Wonder Woman 1984 is in it. Bella Ramsey from His Dark Materials and Game of Thrones is in it. Bella Ramsey is amazing. They're a non-binary actor. I really respect what they're doing. Uh, their, their original British accent comes through a, a lot. <laughs> and so sometimes, like, if, if, she, if they ask a question, it'll be the way a British person ask, asks a question, but with an American accent. Like, you know how a lot of questions with Brits are statements? Going for a walk then. It's like that, where you're like, we don't talk like that. That's a little weird. Um, that's like my only qualm with the entire show. The acting is insane. Specifically, Nick Offerman, and specifically episode three, I think is the strongest acting I've seen in TV in 10 years. Um, it's also written and, and produced by uh, Craig Mazin, who did HBO's Chernobyl. So that sense of catastrophe striking, what the fuck do we do? Here's our new normal. Um, it, that mirrors Chernobyl. It's mirrored every pandemic that's ever happened. Um, the Z word isn't mentioned in the script, or on set during filming. It is banned. We're not talking about zombies. It's more important that we're talking about human connection and how what we've done as a society is probably setting ourselves up for the end of us. So there's a lot to think about. It's, it's Game of Thrones level um, production quality and uh, the makeup is fucking gross in the best way. So, uh, yeah, give that a shot. Even if you haven't played the video game, it doesn't matter if you have played the video game. Uh, there's a lot of context for what's going on. Sometimes there's things where, well, that dude was already dead in the video game. Why the hell is he here? Uh, to provide backstory and an opportunity to flesh out, uh, characters and it's done really smartly in my opinion the deviations from the game make 100% sense to me uh, how about you guys have you started that yet no not yet <gasps> no it's on my list get to it we gotta I know. walk I know. once you finish moving no time to watch a series yeah, yeah like... I get that yeah, you get, I'll give you a five day grace period after moving and then you gotta get on it no Life good. events are getting in the way, you know. Fair. All right. That's fair. Yeah. And then just one more quick one on Netflix. I did binge that 90s show uh, in one sitting. It's really digestible. I was having a terrible day. I don't really care for about half of the new characters, but I like what they did with that. We'll call them legacy characters. Kitty is definitely one of the main focuses right now. Um, Deborah Rupp is the executive producer, so she's featured very heavily. Um, but it's it's great to see the people we see, and it's great not to see the people we don't see because they are pedo bastards. 
So uh, if you're having a shitty day and you want a little bit of nostalgia, um, and and like it's kind of like a comfort blanket. If you want a little Linus blanket, sit down and watch that '90s show. It's sweet. It's um, it's grown. It's smart. It's clever, and it is shall we say woke <laughs> in a good way. Huh. You know, it's open and it's understanding and it's compassionate. So yeah, that's that's a quick good one if you need a a hug, a media hug. That's what I've been doing. Nice. That's great. Um, yeah, no, I I I've been telling Nathan for days we need to watch Last of Us, but we haven't been able to fit it in yet. We we can't commit to it. A TV show. Um, that being said, yeah. we did we did commit to a couple movies. We saw a few in the theaters because on Tuesdays we can still get five dollar movie nights at, at uh, movie tavern. Go AMC can go fuck itself. Um, here, here. So um, we saw, uh, but we did see at the AMC before they went crazy. Uh, Shin Ultraman in the theater, Very good. Uh, which was actually a lot of fun. And totally recommend. Amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it was like it was like greatest hits of the TV series, kind of like smushed yeah. into one. Cool. Um, and but it had totally had that vintage feel. But the same guy who directed the, uh, the producer of Shin Godzilla in the producer Shin Ultraman, the same person. Uh, so it had that same like this is the bureaucrat's view of the kaiju you know, kaiju attack. Uh, the Shin Ultraman universe is a little bit funnier, though, because at this point, the, the Japanese are being, the funding's being cut off, humanitarian aid is being cut off by the rest of the world because kaijus are expensive. And 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 the, 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 the Japanese people are taking it in stride. One of them says, ah, oh, you know, the kaiju are like earthquakes. Uh, you know, they come when they come. Like that's that's how they feel about it now. So uh, you know, so there's a lot. It's actually got a lot going on for it, and I was very pleased to introduce Nathan Hamilton, the kaiju man himself, to Ultraman because he had never. Yeah, Ultraman has always so. Ultraman has always been oh, one right of those on. gaps in my pop culture yeah. education that I really didn't know why it was there. It just I'd never somehow connected with it, but I got introduced to uh, Ultraman properly and. Yeah, hell yeah. There's oh, Ultraman. And, and the TV and the movie is way better than any of the TV episodes. Okay, let's just let's let's say because all the TV episodes right. follow the exact same formula: fight, fight, and then shoot him with a laser. Like that's that's what, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, that's what it is. With but style, it, with style. Well, it's true. And um, Creature X was actually Godzilla, and he makes an appearance on the original show. Uh, so, uh, you know, he didn't have a name, though, because, you know, you couldn't. Toho's not going to, you know, they, they, did, they used the suit. It wasn't Godzilla. It wasn't. It wasn't Godzilla. All right. So I want to know more about his father, Ultra Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah, they, they had all this oh, weird dear. trivia from the there was I guess a, a series a trilogy of movies of of Japanese Ultraman movies that came out in the 90s and it was this like whole trivia thing before the film 
and with all these really weird characters, I have no idea what it was about because I knew what the original. What they really did, though, what I thought was good for people that didn't know the original show, they did a slideshow where they go, this is the episode one, Aww. Ultraman versus the monster, and they would give the monster That's and show what the monster. And it totally worked because, it, of course, by the time we got to the movie, people knew the, 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 the monsters were, and that was cool. So it totally worked. So I highly recommend that was, a, I, I think, a really special screening. I'm really glad I got to see it. That was the first film I saw in 2023. So yep. um, we also went to go see uh, Megan, uh, which is oh, way yeah. better than you expect it to be. That is uh, the only thing I hear about that film. Yeah, I am really excited was. to watch it. Uh, it was you know, definitely better than I was expecting. Like, we were kind of having this running bet on the way over. Nathan was like, uh, I think it's going to be uh, so bad it's good. And he says, what do you think? And I said, I think it's going to be a pleasant surprise. Because that's what everyone was saying in my news And it is. It is totally fun. It is a fun, little, brutal, cute, evil killer monster robot doll. I mean, it's it's up my alley. I love murderous dolls, and it, it was just, it, you know, I really enjoyed the fuck out of it, and I love the, I love when AI, like, re- gets self-actualized, and it's like, wait a minute, yeah. you know, this is, you know, this is how you get anything. Yeah, so it, it, it hit all, it hit all the, it wasn't, it wasn't ma- doing anything new, per se, sure. but it was, re- it was packaged, it was repackaged, and you know, with really strong the 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 hero of the the girl hero of the story was the same girl that played the hero girl in Blackbone that played the guy girl's sister. And I'm not a huge fan of Blackbone, but she had a really good performance in that. And this is the second thing I've seen her in, and she's really good. So the child actor that was playing opposite Megan is excellent in this movie. Um, and and then you get Alice the trailer. Is the trailer too. for it makes it. The trailer for it makes it look like just a a higher tech child's play rehash. It is not that. No, not even, not even. And there's some good, there's some good murder kills, and there's some really fun prosthetics going on. And uh, like I said, Allison Williams is in it. Uh, she's from Get Out. If you don't know who that is, um, and. Uh, it's just a fun film. Go fucking see Megan if it's still in the theaters. And and, uh, and supposedly it started a dance craze on TikTok, but I'm not on what? TikTok, so I don't know. So, uh, you know, so it and Wednesday, everyone are doing these dances. I know everyone's doing I've seen a real a ton of Wednesday dances. Oh, my God. So many. But, yep. uh, you know, but uh, supposedly they're doing Megan on TikTok as well. So, hey. So, Megan's going to be at one of those films that there's going to be kids that are going to go, that's my movie. I just know it. It's one of those kind of movies. So um, I, uh, we watched Into Darkness 3, uh, the third in the series of the 80s uh, retrospective of movies. And this was actually kind of the documentary I was looking for. because Finally. The, yeah, the first two films are, are, are over four hours long. And I had seen all but two of the movies in the first two documentaries. Mm-hmm. Like, only two I had not seen. And, and, and funny enough, the same two were the, the, I hadn't seen. Nathan hadn't seen them either. Like, it was like the same two. It was the same uh, two. Yeah, same two. And it was like, oh. But, and I've, I've fixed one of those now. Uh, so, 
Um, but the, this one was more like the deep dive. There was a handful of movies that we had not seen, and we wrote them down. So we have a list of movies that you know, that we yeah, want to watch. So that was that was a pleasant surprise. That uh, I will warn you though, runtime is five hours. So if you either have to binge it, if you have nothing else to do in an afternoon, that's a perfectly good way to binge it is to watch it. Uh, Gigi Saliero is one of the talking heads in it, and so she brings up a lot of cool Latin choices. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of really good people talking. Joe Bob's in it. Uh, you know, so um, you know, good talking heads, good time, but it is five hours, so either break it up into stints. We we did it over a couple of you know breaks. Here and there, um, and but I like I say, go. It's on Shutter right now, so look up, look that up. Um, Into Darkness Street. Um, I watched uh, right before air. I watched Fantastic Voyage because of uh, Raquel Welch. It was her first film, and as a kid, I loved that film so much. And it was kind of funny because I haven't watched it in like probably thirty years, and it's so funny how to see. I see it so differently now like but it's still fun Raquel Welch is still awesome in it uh everyone's in it uh Donald Pleasance is in it got, I, I totally forgot about yeah. that um and uh the, it, the 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 effects are are silly and weird and psychedelic and scientific all at the same time though I do love 60s science fiction like this because though all this is how you know it's the future is that there is um, little go karts that are a weird color and blinking lights. That's that's, uh-huh. that's the future, you know. So, you know, so you know, this all sciencey and stuff. So, you know, I, I was questioning the science in the movie, but it's still better science than what they used in Wakanda Forever. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's I that going that. on. Uh, we, I did see Wakanda Forever. I uh, finally watched it. Eh, it was all right. Um, I, yeah. I, can I interject? I would love yes. to see the everything that happens before the opening credit is a really strong short film and homage. Everything that happens after the opening credits, my eyes glaze over and I dissociated unless Angela or uh, Shuri was on the screen about halfway through the movie. Even they couldn't help me. And I was like, oh, crap, I haven't been paying attention. Rewind, rewind, rewind. <laughs> and and then I'd be like, okay, don't rewind, just go. It, it was <laughs> a little up. underwhelming. I found the whole, the whole yeah. thing a little underwhelming. Um, Especially yeah. with how strong the opening is. The rest of a downfall. The costumes yeah. are beautiful. Costumes yeah. are picture. Don't talk to me for three hours, you know. <laughs> Take a picture. <laughs> It, it it's one of those films that you can put on mute and still follow, right? You know, yeah. so you know, well, yeah. So I wasn't you know, very good at following, but I'm, I'm assuming normal people could. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty. It's a very beautiful movie. Yeah, um, great eye candy. Of... It probably would have made a difference if I saw it on an IMAX screen versus my Disney Plus on my 54 inch. You know, but. Um, mm. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Liz. I'm just agreeing no. with you. And <laughs> it, 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 this is a this is an open discussion. You can interject any time. I'm just gonna go until someone tells me to stop talking. Usually, uh, so um, 
I have one more film on my list, and then I'm going to throw it to uh, Aaron. Um, and um, I yesterday I watched. Um, it, it was re-released in the theaters, actually, but I didn't see it there. I watched it on Dis- Disney Plus. Was the documentary Fire of Love, which yes. is about the two yeah. uh, the two volcanologists fall in love and decide not to have children and go look at volcanoes until they're killed in a paraclastic blast. Um, it's actually beautiful. Yeah, well, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. A, you know. It, that was on Aaron's list. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I loved it. I really did. However, our head haunters spent half of that movie yelling at the screen because they spelled uh, volcanologist wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they're calling a volcanologist. Now, they're saying it correctly oh, in the movie. Dear. But there's, uh, the subtitles were saying, because, you know, a lot of it's in French, was saying volcanologist. And oh dear. so it is the Disney description. The actual thumbnail on the on before you hit play on Disney Plus yeah. says volcanologist. I am Ouch. I'm getting into my account right now and looking at that. I, I, it, I, I it, it sent me on a rant like a because you know I my first love was geology. I I worked for the Carlsbad Caverns National Park and Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. I love yeah, this yeah. shit. And so I was annoyed. I was like, they are volcanologists, goddammit. <laughs> so, what the hell? I don't know. Maybe they've changed it. Maybe enough people thought last night and just changed it. But, no. In the movie itself, though, the actual, when they were speaking English, they did use the correct, they said volcanologist, which is what it is if you love lava. Um I love I, uh, lava. I love volcanoes, and there's one of my favorite songs is Dead Milkman's Born to Love called Volcanoes. So I'm always, if you'll notice, I, I if there's a major volcano story, I usually post it on my uh, Facebook page. Yeah. I love volcanoes, and uh, I totally get their obsession. Uh, um, they changed however, it. I they did. Huh. Um, it's now intrepid French scientists. <laughs> what? They oh decided to not even try. Yeah, I'll read you the line. A doomed love them. triangle between intrepid French scientists Katia and Maurice Kraft and their beloved volcanoes. That's what it says now. Oh my god. Someone they must have me. written a letter, Liz. Oh, <laughs> they got they so heard you. fired. They heard you. Uh, 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 I I have to see this for myself. Oh my god! Why? That's hilarious. I wish you could have got a screenshot of the original. Oh my god! No, I watched That's it on, on the regular television, or I would have. That's oh my god! So funny. <laughs> some of the footage in that uh, some of the footage in that movie though is amazing. Yeah. I mean, How does yeah. it compare? Did you? I'm sure Liz at least. Uh, saw the, I'm sorry, the Werner Herzog documentary about volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it compare to that? Or or it's, is it apples and oranges? It's kind of apples and oranges. It, yeah, it really is. Some, yeah. Like what really impresses in this one is just how close they got. Oh, like, gosh, just, that's just, so scary. I'm excited to watch. <laughs> oh, like, there, there's, like there's shots in there where you're like, you had to be like, Two feet from that lava flow to get that shot. Oh, like, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow, you're right. They completely rewrote it. <laughs> Seriously, it did not say this last night. I believe it. So I, 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 I mean, Nathan Von I mean, it's a trigger. You're going to remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's a trigger. I was, I was like, no, no. It's like when someone – it was like – and that was worse than when someone mispronounced Sewin. Like, that's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, this, Mulder does this, that on the X-Files, and that episode makes me want to cry. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've always had that issue. She, uh, she, was, so. she, was, she was as mad as bad as I get over irregardless. Oh! <laughs> ouch. I get it. I get it. I sympathize. All right, but, but, but not to take away from the actual movie. The movie itself is very good. It's beautiful. I'll stick to the red volcanoes. Thank you very much. Though I do have, to this day, I have a, a vial of ash from Mount St. Helens that my mom was given. So, oh. uh, yeah, so it's in my rock collection. Uh, and so that makes, I love that so much. And it means a lot to me that, that I have that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's a sad story, but they lived a long life and they went it, and they they knew the risk and they were doing it to and they saved a lot of people's lives with their sacrifice in many ways. So uh, you know, cool. it, it, it's a, it's a really good movie and the cinematography is worth the watch alone. Anyway, Great. Aaron, and there's some I, really cool animation throughout it. Yeah, nice. there is actually. Uh, they talk about that. They actually really good idea about teaching take plate to tectonics in layperson's language, and you know right. it's good. It's really really good. Awesome. Um, so, Aaron, I I I'm going to ask you to be a little concise because I get I promise Nathan the floor for analog horror this, uh, to close yeah. out the show. But please tell me what you've been watching. Well, um, we didn't really get a chance to go over. The famous monsters film fest. That yeah, I did. What, oh, that's right. that was amazing. That was thirteen films over three days, with introductions like uh, uh, John Landis introducing Creature from the Black Lagoon in three D, and uh, it was just amazing. And I can't recommend it enough. And when we have some time, sometime I'll go into the you know little things of it. Uh, as far as what I've been watching, uh, besides that, I just watched the Harley Quinn, <laughs> very problematic Valentine's Day special. Ah, on my list. Uh, <laughs> Looks great. Freaking hilarious. Too. Yeah, it was. Laughing it was out cute. loud. <laughs> um, I, uh, just a few days ago, watched the 1967 Bedazzled with uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and, of course, Raquel Welch as Lust. And Natalie and I just loved that. You know, we were talking about her, so it's just, oh, man, it kind of hits hard losing her today. And then the other thing that I've been watching is uh, an old 1970 British science fiction television series called UFO. That was done by Gary Anderson. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I Uh, definitely know it, so. The, the the people that did the uh, puppet nation of Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet, this was their first live action before Space 1999. And, uh, in fact, critics were really mean at the time and uh, said of the, the lead in it, I don't see the difference with the puppet nation. But uh, I love it. It was a, a big thing in my uh, early science fiction horror 
uh, geekdom as a child, and I've just really been enjoying that a lot. And with everyone talking UFOs, it just seemed like a good time to get back into it. So, Ray, hold on just a second, Aaron. Uh, Raven, you want to you want to you want to uh, go. You have to sign off for the night. So I wanted to say if you wanted to just, like plug anything or say anything before you go, please do so. Awesome. Um, yeah, I just got to get back into my coffin for a little bit. <laughs> I'm on a you know hour forty five on only caffeine. So um, love you all, but I am fading, and I will see you when the sun sets next. Um, I, I don't have anything to plug currently, but I will next time. Oh, excellent. Um, and we both have some um, relatives. We got some get- wish guesting uh, cooking under our sleeves right now. Oh, so, yeah. But we're not, talk- well, not going to talk about that yet, but they are pretty, both of them are pretty high profile. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk to you later. All have right. Thank one. you all. Love you. Have a good one, hon. Good night. Good night. All right, Aaron, real quick, uh, go ahead. Well, back to you. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I don't want to cut you off, um, but I no, wanted to no, make thank sure. You. There's upcoming stuff, but, you know, if there's time, I'll tell you about the upcoming stuff. You've got at least two more minutes. Oh, okay. Well, um, in that case, let me give you a quick things that are coming. First and foremost, fan voting is open for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kate Bush is up. Please go vote. You can do that daily. Uh, so tomorrow the we have, uh, yeah, and uh, Joy Division and New Order and uh, 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 Iron Maiden. Uh, there's Iron a lot Maiden. of good people up there, but but for fuck's sake, Maiden. please vote for Kate Bush. Please, please go vote for Kate Bush. Vote for um, Kate Bush. Vote for Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden has been up here, like here. 14, a bunch of times. Time for them to be in. They should have been in before Judas Priest. Um, and who else? They, um, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Warren <laughs> Cheryl Crow. <laughs> yes, right, Cheryl. Don't Crow. even get me started. <laughs> you know who's leading right now? Who's leading right now is Cindy Lauper and George Michael for the Rock and Roll yep. Hall of Fame. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta fix that. So tomorrow we have um, season three of Star Trek Picard uh, premiering. <laughs> Pardon me. We also have um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania <coughs> premiering. Um, there's special shows at the El Capitan at 3 p.m. hosted by Nerdist Industry. Um, February 21st, uh, the Frida Cinema, which is, uh, I believe, the only Nonprofit independent in California uh, is doing their ninth anniversary with a huge big Lebowski thing. White Russians. Uh, there's going to be bowling at a separate facility afterwards. On the 25th, uh, there's Horror Buzz presents Bram Stoker's Dracula with prize giveaways, themed drinks, trivia. Uh, tickets are still available for WonderCon, which is going on March 24th through 26th. Got my tickets. Oh, it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Pally Fest or Paley Fest uh, is coming up March 30th through April 4th. Uh, Museum of Television and Radio. A uh, bunch of different programs with cast and crew. I've got tickets uh, with my friend Sabrina, and we're going to go see The Mandalorian on March 31st. And uh, tickets are still available, believe it or not. 
Um, oh, John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl, July 7th through the 9th. Uh, tickets are on sale now, but those will disappear soon. Excellent. And, like uh, so much going on. Well, go ahead. And, you know, since we talked, uh, I went to uh, Pasadena Comic-Con. I went to Creep, i.e., in the Inland Empire. But uh, we'll talk about that another time. Excellent. And uh, we will be back sooner than later to talk about stuff as much. And, and of course, you'll do your WonderCon recap, as you always do. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So you'll have definitely the floor um, to talk about stuff. So, But I want to turn to Nathan. Because um, Nathan and I went to go Excellent. see Skinamarink uh, a few weeks ago, um, right before we left for New Orleans. And we actually struggled with it in the theaters, but have learned that wow. it's kind of like a tip of an iceberg that neither one of us knew about. And Nathan did the deep dive on it. And it's a subgenre called analog horror. Um, so, Nathan, tell us what you've been watching. Man, two two things before I do. Number one, I want to hear more about this uh, film festival you went to where John Landis is introducing the creature. So next chance we get, oh, I want to hear more this, about that. It was uh, John Five, Mick Garris, Fred Decker, Tom Holland, uh, Darcy the Male Girl. I'll tell you about that later. Yeah, I want to hear all about that later. That sounds awesome. And number two, I cannot amazing. validate any Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that Motorhead isn't in. But yeah, that's fair. Um, so, have you seen Skinamarink? No. On my okay. list. Then I'm going to make this very, very non-spoilery. Um, this movie has become very divisive, and a lot of people that I know just hate this movie so much. Wow. And I, coming out of the theater, I was like, what the hell was that bullshit? <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And... But, like, the next day, I realized I was thinking about that movie. And it, and kind of looking back and thinking about, okay, wait, this, that, and this, and that, because it's it's very much a puzzle that ends up having to, but upon first view, it looks like nothing is happening in this movie at all. Like, it's, it honestly needed to be a little shorter. Well, a lot, maybe a lot shorter. But, I, I, found myself thinking about it and just kind of mulling it over and it kind of stuck with me. And so I was at work and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see what some of the movie people on YouTube think about this movie. You know, so I went to some of the channels I actually watch and, you know, the people were very positive about this movie. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then I realized something. Everyone who was giving this movie a positive review was like 20 years younger than me, which is the true horror mm. thing. But I, <laughs> it was then that I like realized that there's a whole subgenre that I, I feel like the old rumor that I know what the kids are doing because I didn't know any of this shit was going on. But I kept hearing people use the terms unfiction, analog horror, and ARG. I'm like, I don't know exactly what they're talking about, so I'm going to deep dive it. And when I say unfiction, that is a term people have, start, have used now for any kind of fiction that presents itself as real. Everything from the Orson Welles War of the Worlds thing up 
through mm-hmm. Blair Witch and WNUF Halloween special. Like that's you, you know what we're talking about as unfiction. So and like found footage. Kind of. Kind uh, of. This is basically news reports so more more like as that. we left, uh, as we as we left the theater after seeing Skinnamarink, I looked at Liz and I said, That's a movie made by someone who grew up on creepy pastas and Five Nights at Freddy's. And didn't know how right it was. Because there's this whole thing that kind of, uh, like when Slenderman grew out of the creepypasta thing and, became, and everyone started making a web series about Slenderman. Uh-huh. It kind of grew out from there. And it, what it started as was this guy who made, do you remember the Max Headroom incident where a dude in a Max Headroom mask broke into some cable stations? Oh, yeah. They basically based it on that. And kind of, okay. it was kind of a melding of that and Videodrome, where Ooh. they would show wow. footage that looked like an old TV show, but something would cut in with like some malicious messages or whatever, and then it would cut back out. Huh. And slowly that grew, and people were using like old videos of, you know, unintentionally creepy kids' cartoons and making them weirder and all that kind of stuff. And I started watching it. And then it moves on to series that use, like, there will be a series where there's a YouTube web series, but there's also a video game. Every character in the story has a social media profile. Like, there's a website with codes that you have to uh, decipher from the videos, and, like, you have to get super immersive to get the whole story. It's super intricate stuff. And... Like, I've been deep diving this stuff, and it's amazing. And every trick I saw them pull in Skinnamarink, I see directly coming from a lot of these. Mm. And I think since this is such a, like, it's a, there are, at last count, I think it was nine of these that have over a million followers on YouTube. Like, it's a, it's, they're huge. Some of them are huge. And I think Skinnamarink, I, I'm not I like me more after sitting with it and, you know, finding out all of the, you know, how deep this rabbit hole goes, but I understand it more. And I think we're kind of going to see that as a watershed moment in horror when the, this generation starts making movies. Cause this is a, you know, these are people that when you say hard to us, our earliest memories are like Jason and Freddie and shit. Them, mm-hmm. you say horror, they didn't grow up on that. They grew up on Slender Man. They grew up on Five Nights at Freddy's. They grew up on, you know, screamer videos on YouTube and stuff. And this is the manifestation of their horror. And that's where the new stuff's coming from. And anyone can do it. Which might, which is like, you know, in the 80s when the boom happened when everyone got a camcorder and video stores opened. And everyone mm-hmm. can make a movie in their backyard. This is the new that where anyone with access to free editing software and an iPhone can make horror series. And I want to just highlight a few of the interesting ones I've found. Um, There's one called The Walton Files, which takes a very Five Nights at Freddy's approach to it. And it's about 
you know, of the animatronics going bad in a restaurant. But it goes way deeper and way darker. And honestly, the thing about some of these is I've watched a million horror movies. I haven't watched a lot of this type of horror. So since it's still new and foreign to me, I actually find myself getting creeped out by some of these. And I love that. Mm. That doesn't happen enough. And since it's so new to me, it does. There's one called Gilbert Garfield, which begins as four episodes of a cartoon where Gilbert Gottfried voices Garfield. And then it gets, and then it involves Egyptian gods and Nazis and spies. And then it kind of gets weird. And (laughs) it goes from the, the cartoons to like, the story of the guy who found the cartoons and weird stuff happening to him and his video diaries. And it like, but all kinds of, there's one called monument mythos. This is not so much a horror series. It's almost more sci-fi, but mm. it's an, it's an alternate reality of America where our national monuments house Lovecraftian eldritch horrors. Yay. And it's the whole, it's a, like the history of everything that happens with that. And it, Things change everything from there being a soul-eating monster in the Statue of Liberty to James Dean becoming president. And it all ties <laughs> together. Very strange. That one's outstanding. Check that one out. Uh, Local 58 is the hmm. one that kind of started the whole thing. It is very much in the – these are shows that aired on public access TV, but something is going horribly fucking wrong in them. Like in that one, the, the moon turns against – the world. Wow. And, yeah. And it like some of these are supernatural. Uh, aliens are very big in these. Government conspiracies are very big in these. You know, finding codes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Gemini Home Entertainment is a good one. That's about uh, skinwalkers. Thank you. And oh. it's, it takes the form of like archival footage and like text of phone calls. It's like all this actual real world stuff that they use to tell the story. And there's, um, there's one called uh, the last Mandela catalog. That's the one that actually kind of freaks me out. Like I, I got that kind of creeped out feeling watching that one. Like, I don't want to say anything else about Mandela catalog, but watch that web series. <laughs> and the, the last one I want to point out is winter of 83. I watched that one earlier today. It was a web series that takes place. It The entire thing is told through a little bit. The first person found footage, uh, movies, uh, transcripts of phone calls and city council meeting videos. Huh. And they managed to weave it into a super compelling horror story. There's, you can find it in cut together in movie form and it's only like an hour and nine minutes. So it's easily bingeable. Check that one out. That one's really fun, too. But man, this has opened up a whole world of YouTube horror series to me that I am having an absolute blast exploring. And I realized that a lot of some of these ones I'm talking about are six, seven years old. And I had no idea they were out there. So anyone who's listening to this, if this is your bag and this is what you're into, please email me or the show or any of us and give me recommendations for this. Cause I'm 
really having fun going down this rabbit hole, and I well, hope I've, I've actually got one for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hit me up. Um, it's it's not a film. It's just all these weird, creepy vi- uh, videos. But like Slenderman, uh, there's this character called Siren Head. I don't know if you've come Siren across Head. him yet. I'm not. Siren I'm writing Head. that down. Yeah, he. He creeps me the fuck out, yo. <laughs> nice. And I'm not really nice. going to tell you anything about him, but yeah. Don't. Siren Head. Creepy little Siren videos. Very yeah, and Natalie like says it. very slender man like. Okay, cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a there's a wealth of stuff out there in these the in this style of, you know, this style of entertainment that I love it because it's so egalitarian. There is no, you know, there's no border to getting into it. That's an like half, half, of, half of the people that make these are teenagers making them on iPhones for nothing. Really, you get, yeah. like, it's a notable series coming out for the last six, seven years. But the boom really happened during COVID. Because people could sit around in their house and they're bored. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to make horror videos. <laughs> and a lot of cool stuff came out of that. So, yeah. Everyone, go check out all the ones that I've mentioned. Check out Siren Head and get creeped out. Are you going to be posting this somewhere? Because I would. I'd love to go through the list. Um, hmm. Maybe I should. Tell you what. In the Madness group and in the Facebook Film Geek Circle, tomorrow I will – Put down a list of all the ones that I have mentioned on the show. Nice. So go to our Madness Halloween contest page, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, and Nathan will post these analog horror movie choices for you, and you can have a deep dive into a whole new genre of horror that you probably didn't even know about until today. So excellent. Especially Um, if you're old like me. Yeah. um, (laughs) One final thing uh, before, well, two final things, but one final, final thing. Uh, I went to finally got to see John Waters live, thanks to Nathan. Yeah. And, and uh, um, he, he was supposed to be here for Christmas. Uh, Nathan bought me a special uh, ticket for my birthday. And uh, they did not, he had to cancel because unfortunately he had a loss in the family. Uh, but then he came back last week and did a show. So we got to go see him. And that was a bucket list item, and it was delightful as you can think. It was raunchy, it was smart, it was funny. Well, everything you expect from John Waters. And um, thank you, Nathan. That was a lot of fun. You you lived right next to Baltimore for a long time, and then came to Atlanta to see John Waters. Uh, <laughs> it's it a little always, backwards, <laughs> always something stopping me. I, it, it, it was always something like horrible too, like a death or something. So. Uh, Oh. Yeah, you know, it, 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 and it was continuing to happen, but we fi- I finally got to see him, so yay, uh, and that was awesome. So um, also next week, two major things come out um, that are worth watching. One is Cocaine Bear on the 24th, so don't forget to go see <laughs> Cocaine Bear. Um, the other <laughs> is also on the 24th is um, the FP4 drops on VOD. So the, fi- the final Fraser Park movie drops on DVD. Um, uh, no, it actually is DVD also, VOD and DVD. So uh, 
So if you want to watch a movie I produce, and Jason Tross trilogy, as he calls it, it's the completion of that. Yeah. Uh, definitely do it. See Aaron Captain Pigtails in there somewhere. So um, I, I, just, <laughs> I just got some. I just got some breaking news. <gasps> okay. <laughs> um, our our dear friend Fuck Brad just texted me. And, oh really? And if you go to cocainebear.movie, there's a cocaine bear video game you can play. Oh, oh yeah, nice. I posted the link. Oh my god, I did not know this, so everyone it's can hilarious. Play. Yeah, it's um very much like uh Pac Man, uh, except you know, you don't eat dots, you eat cocaine and people. It's awesome. All right, good night everybody. I'm gonna go play cocaine bear. Well, and and we are out of time. So uh, I want to thank Raven for coming on, even though she wasn't feeling well, and Erica Andres for sticking out through the New Orleans segment because that ran a lot longer than I was expecting. But there was a lot to talk about. Uh, thank you, and please go check out her podcast, uh, The Horror Happens, Horror Happenings with the Dead Girl. It's in hiatus, but there are previous episodes on YouTube, and she'll start her season up in May. So definitely check that out. Um, and uh, next, I believe. Our next show will be the 1st of March, so I'm not 100% positive. We will definitely be doing a show on March 15th. That will be our Oscar recap show. And we have a guest for that show, one of the animators of uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, I don't know his last name. His first name is James. <laughs> but, uh, um, but he's going to be uh, – he's going to – Raven has, uh, is going to bring him on the show. And so we're going to talk about uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and our, our uh, how we feel about the Oscars this year. So um, that's on the 15th. On the, I'm, I'm not going to say what it is, but in honor of the Fraser Park release, I am going to have a guest related to that movie and so much more if this works out. So fingers crossed and I'll let y'all know if it happens. And um, last but not least, uh, we have one more person to give our uh, uh, love and memory to um, a day ago. Uh, the one of the rap, one and third of the rap group De La Soul passed on. Uh, that was uh, yeah. true Goy the dove. He was only 54 years old. So he was pretty young. Um, he um, was, De La Soul was interesting because I, I was, not really into gangster rap as much as some of my friends were, even though I appreciated NWA and all that stuff Then that coming out of LA. And I also, and I wasn't really a huge fan of my, of my MC Hammer, but I had to give him respect because he's from Oakland and I lived in Oakland, but so it was too short. Too short was cooler, uh, you know, but, but um, <laughs> I always liked De La Soul because they were like exactly like me. The nerds kind of caught in the middle of all of this. And so I, so I absolutely loved them when they were new. So uh, I was like, yay, nerds can rap too. <laughs> so, oh, you know, yeah. and, and, and so we're going to leave tonight with their big hit. Cause you know, you know, there's no worry about copyright strike on blog talk <laughs> and uh, we will be back either on the 1st or the 15th thank you Aaron thank you Nathan uh, as always and um, yeah and maybe we'll give you more time about this Monsters of Filmland thing because I feel like we rushed that Aaron and we really should be talking about that more so maybe we'll lead off on that in the next show so um, anyway cool. I'll talk to y'all later have a good one 
uh, blessed be, good will, good film hunting, and good night now. Mirror, mirror on the wall, tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight clothes? What I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and try, but when it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself, and I. I. Just me, myself, and I. By stating I'm darkly packed I know this so I point at Q-tip And he states black is black Mirror, mirror on the wall Shovel chestnuts in my past I keep on a chestnut So I don't get an aftermath But if I do I'll calmly punch them In the 4th day of July Cause they try to mess with third degree That's me, myself, and I nah. It's just me, myself, and I Number four, do you have the answers? Uh,